0: Oh uh, well, thank you again for for being here. Uh, you know, we've been talking for a while about wanting to have you on the show, and I'm just so excited that we could finally make this work.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank uh, you both for having me. <laughs>
0: you've obviously had a ton of stuff going on, <laughs> uh, so it's it's cool that we get to be here and, and kind of chat about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been this has been now over a year that we've been recording these episodes, and well
2: I, over a year. Yeah, again, time has no meaning. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think we began recording in July. Yeah, that of
0: sounds 2020 right. 2020, yep.
2: In this very room. Yep. At the luxurious Patmos Design and Identity Studio 1 in Holla. Northeast Minneapolis. Yeah, it's been a while and this is this will be episode number 36, I believe. So it's it's been a good stretch. Yep. We have a lot of content. I counted questions. What was it? 2 months ago, yeah. <laughs> I finally did the math on, you know, just via 6 times the number of episodes, do the math even for 30 episodes, that's a grip. That's so many questions. But I was like, wow, we've asked like hundreds of questions. So that's pretty cool too. I I was going through, I have an archive folder that I dump in the questions. So I have like a prospective question list and then I put candidates down at the bottom and then I reserve the ones that I want to use for the episode. And then I I maintain like a longer list of random questions that are not necessarily guest specific. But then I have an archive folder for all the questions that we've asked That thing, I got to scroll really far to get to the bottom of it. It's basically uh, all the questions, a couple notes for myself. And then uh, as we're recording, when I punch in prospective titles... For the episode, so those oh, are yeah. also
0: all the all the titles are ridiculous shit that we come up with in the middle of the show. Oh, I've uh, seen. Yeah, and I didn't.
2: I didn't know that. That was <laughs> the unused ones. Like, don't make sense
0: anymore. Yeah, I was like, why the fuck did I write what, that down? What? Maybe if I listen to it again. Yeah, <laughs> right. But no, it's it's been fun seeing like there were people that timing just worked out that we talked about it and four days later they were on the show and then there were people that we thought would be great (laughs) and then the more that we talked about it we were like, I don't know if if maybe either timing doesn't work or maybe that's just not the person that we thought it was and then there's those few names that we just couldn't figure out uh, timing-wise or how to make it work and then as things have come together when he texted me that you were in it was like, yes, this is is fucking perfect. So I feel like we should just roll into this. I think, I I also, I said this to CJ. I'm glad that
2: it didn't work out until now because I feel like this is the perfect time for yes, him to absolutely. come on the program and talk about what he's doing right now. So I'm like, that's serendipitous that whatever circumstances w- occurred where like he couldn't make it, there was one that I had to cancel for whatever reason. I forget what occurred. But then I was like, dude, he's got this new gig. I'm sure he's going to tell us all about it. So I'm yeah. super excited that he's here today.
0: And this will be this will be a, really the first time that we get to nerd out a little bit about uh, about what's in those black bags right there. All oh, you know? right, on. So I'm excited about that too. Uh, if you're tuning in right now, welcome to our show. You would have had to have tuned in earlier, I guess, because not a lot of podcasts start a few minutes in. But uh, here we are. This is libations for everyone. Uh, these slightly raspy, slightly baritone tones are coming from one of the co-hosts, <laughs> Mr. Ben Quam, which means the the other beautiful. Baritoni tones. The the Baritone toni Tony Tones. Are coming from like my, my other co-host. Uh, that's me, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, listen to that bass. Song. Hey, baby, woo. <laughs> so, so we forgot to tell you that we're going to do this entire episode in license. <laughs> yeah.
2: Please God, no. No, hold on. We, people are turning this. Off. <laughs> <laughs> we're kidding. Stay with us.
0: Uh, but um, as we've talked about, we are both very, very excited to introduce our guest. Uh, would you kindly introduce yourself to everybody and let them know what is going on?
1: Absolutely. My name's CJ Porterborn, and I have recently taken the position of director of coffee for the Get Down Coffee Co. in North Minneapolis, and I'm very excited about it.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about the Get Down Coffee Co.?
1: Absolutely. Um, it's a partnership between Dogwood and Houston White, and the whole goal was kind of formulated last year in all the tragedy and adversity that happened in our city. Um, just trying to find a way to bring more, first of all, bring people together. Yeah. Second of all, bring people together over coffee. And third of all, bring specialty coffee to more people of color because, well, I've, I've been doing this for over a decade and as a person of color, this industry is intimidatingly white and, and, You know, it's it's hard to navigate that a lot. It's really hard to navigate that. But when you walk into a cafe and you just want to ask questions about what is a flat white, what is a cortado, what makes this coffee four dollars a cup, uh, I know a lot of times you can feel like you are being judged before you even finish asking that question. Sure, and information knowledge that's power you you want to learn more you want to know more and you want to feel like you can ask questions about things that you're genuinely interested in so that's kind of the goal is to make a a platform for people of color to have access to grade a specialty coffee and take ownership of a cafe of their own right here in minneapolis so that's the goal
0: and not to get like too deep right off the bat. But uh, as somebody who works directly in the craft beer industry, uh, if you sub out the word coffee for beer, those exact sentiments are what my industry is reckoning with. right Absolutely. now, and Trying to figure out. And part of that has come from um, the social movement that really started with the murder of George Floyd okay. here in Minneapolis. But also it's been from peers in our industry calling out our own industry. Mm-hmm. Right. Is do you see that going on in the the coffee side of things around the country is there Is there a push across the country for a little bit more diversity and a little bit more attempts to to de stark white d lily white the 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 craft co- coffee uh industry or is this something that maybe is springing up a little bit more organic with what you're doing and then hoping that that will catch on?
1: I think it's a little bit of both so i I also not. But without going too deep into it, um, I feel like we, ever since the murder of George Floyd and ever since the riots, um, nationally there has been a huge focus on supporting black-owned business. Absolutely, just huge, and yeah. we're still kind of riding that wave. So we all want to take full advantage of that. Um, I think that the the coffee industry in particular has kind of had to answer questions without even being asked those questions if that makes sense yeah because i've been to origin in four different countries and every single coffee bean is grown by a person who is not white correct you know so the disconnect between the opposite ends of the supply chain it's pretty apparent now and i mean it always has been for for most of us but now it's something that can't be ignored so um this particular idea is really unique and houston is one of the most inspirational people i've ever met the man is just living breathing excellence so i'm really excited to be working for him and this using my platform for a cause that is so near and dear to my own heart i I'm really excited about it. So it's kind of a little bit of both. You know, this was a sure. very unique idea, but there is still a wave of wanting to support black owned business. And we fully intend to take advantage of that.
0: That's fucking awesome. It's I like, love it. I'm so excited for it. Cause it's, you know, it, if you look at all of our, our consumables across the board, whether you're going to a bar or a restaurant or a coffee shop or a brewery, that it just, that same trend, seems to be what, what drives right. it, is it's people of color that are making sure the products are available for these restaurants, but mm-hmm. the people who are usually the gatekeepers of bringing it to you uh, tend to be white. Yep. And trying to, I know that that's something, I, I spent 19 years in the restaurant industry, and I know that's something that we've we had talked about a lot, but I think a lot of people just looked at it as overwhelming and then by being stressed out by that, almost just kind of shut down. Sure. And you know, it took something earth shaking to start to get that movement going. And it's been really neat seeing how many different industries have been affected by that. And we can get myopic sometimes, uh, Charles also working with a number of different breweries and, and in a bar restaurants. Um, <clears throat> I can get myopic in only looking at what is going on in my direct tree, but knowing that that's going on in a lot of other places is incredibly inspiring and awesome. Absolutely. Um, well I I mean should we what what are we drinking first of all I feel like we should talk about that
2: It is sort of surprising that i don't think we've had mezcal alone on a single episode yes. have we we have, have yes. we, we done have mezcal we have, alone
0: we have we did it with rob uh-huh. at meteor but it was a part of six no that's what i'm
2: saying we did we haven't done
0: mezcal alone by itself we've, we've done mezcal we have, multiple sorry, times was, <laughs> but never mezcal alone so I, mean, I thought you were thinking alone like uh-huh. in, like instead of in a cocktail no, no this having is,
2: just this be the only spirit that we're consuming on the program and that's shocking 36 episodes in and I'm obsessed with this shit and we still have someone not done it but I asked EJ what he wanted to drink and he said he likes bourbon and he's like you know obviously mezcal then I was like oh man because of his travels he's been to South America multiple times I'm like of course Central and South America right because you you also have been yeah. Th- yep. Have you been in Oaxaca? Yes. Yeah. So that's right. Like that you was where I found my love you go? For So I was like, "What the fuck? Why did I even have to think about this?" And I was like, <laughs>
0: "Let's go." I I i may or may not have been on a, a phone meeting, and as the text pop up popped up that you wanted to do mezcal, I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" I like, <laughs> and, and one of my coworkers was like, "I'm I'm sorry, did I did I miss something?" I was like. Oh no! Uh, my my cat knocked something over. So sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited about this. <laughs> so we're drinking Banyez,
2: which is B A N H E Z. Really accessible, easy to find. Uh, at least in in this region in of yep. the United States. I don't know about uh, sourcing this around the country, but this bottle of Bañez is twenty eight ninety nine. It's the cheapest bottle of mezcal you'll find at almost any store. And it's better than a lot of the stuff that's more expensive than this is. I'm a Del Maguay Bobo. I love everything that they do except for their shelf mezcal uh, Vita, which is fine, but now it's $43. Correct. That's not $15 better than this bottle of Banyas. I prefer this bottle, and it's $29. You cannot—this is tough to beat. You want to sip on it? Sip on it. You want to make cocktails with it? You want to make, like, mezcal Marg's? You want to make uh, mezcal Negroni's? This is a fucking fantastic bottle to start out with. So this is what we're going to do until uh, I have a I have a nightcap for us as well. I had to get myself a sipping bottle, uh, so we'll we'll consume that later on.
0: And to those of you that are listening sequentially, uh, in mm-hmm. the last episode we talked about that Elijah Craig uh, is a really great like dollar for dollar. It's such a great workhorse. I feel the same way about Benyes. Like that mm-hmm. that is it's. Dollar for dollar, you get so much value for something that is incredibly approachable and affordable. Um, I would highly suggest this. If you are interested, if you're curious about getting into Mezcals, I feel like this hits enough notes. Again, if you're in a, if you're going to make a cocktail with it, that it's versatile enough that it's not overpowering. It's not not, too smoky. Yeah. It's not too smoky, uh, but Oh man, the depth that this gives to a cocktail, the depth that this just gives to a sip. Is beautiful, and I'm very, very excited that you requested the spirit. Cause me too. <laughs> we, we we stand for the mezcal. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Uh, so let's uh, let's raise let's one up. On.
2: Let's do a little shooter, huh? Yeah.
0: Cheers, fellas. Cheers, James. Welcome, CJ. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having
1: me.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's like even oh. when you taste it, mm. I make a lot of uh, pineapple mezcal margs. That's like my recipe at home that I. If I'm making a margarita, that's what I'm making. When you taste this, you can even see that byline. You're like, ooh, this would go great in a margarita because it's like slightly sweet. There's just a hint of smoke, not too heavy, really smooth, great mouthfeel. This stuff's fantastic. And you can just sip on it. You don't for $29 for a mezcal for what that costs in this country right now, that's mind blowing.
0: (laughs) Well, and, and what I love is that a lot of the same words that I would use to describe that are the same words that I look for in coffee that I really enjoy because you know, through that smoke, that's almost kind of in that, the same like roasty notes that you can get. Mm -hmm. And I love having a little bit of fruit to it in there. I love the fact that it kind of just rolls across your palate and different parts of your tongue. Get that. Absolutely. And I, Oh,
1: you know, you you being in beer, well you both being in beer, um, I, I know that you guys are familiar with how you have to kinda of train your palate to pick up different things when you're when you're trying to describe the the flavor in a way that will translate to somebody else being able to read it and know what that means, as opposed to just what it tastes like. Because right. it's a lot more difficult to do that than it sounds. Um, you know, you can say something like Medicinal, and people will take that as like drinking Robitussin, Ooh, yeah. and I don't want that, but right. it could be a positive thing in right. a certain application. Um, when I was in Oaxaca, we got taken to a surprise mezcal tasting on a a patio (laughs) and it was during day of the dead so streets were crazy we had to walk because we couldn't get the car three blocks through downtown (laughs) oaxaca we were taken to this little private villa and they had this mezcal tasting i should have brought that picture i i it's on my computer i'll send it to you when i find it yeah please do but we were we were just in this little garden tasting mezcal and they were like oh you're a professional coffee taster. Tell me what this tastes like. And I could not give more than three fucking descriptors <laughs> because the palate doesn't, it doesn't translate. It. It, yeah. yeah. It doesn't right. translate. I mean, <laughs> I have that written down somewhere too. And I think I made it to about three flavor descriptors and that's all I got. Because You feel like
2: you've been building on it since then? With Absolutely. Your, I made yeah, it, I made it a mission to do that after
1: right. that. Cause I'm like, I'm never going to be caught slipping again. Have you had a lot
2: of mezcal <laughs> prior to then? No, because and there's two ways that can work, right? One yes. way is that you're discovering all these new flavors. You're like a child eating a strawberry for the first time, right? But the other thing is when you have when you have a composite, when you can when you've tried so many, then your mind sees all the differences between them, and you find flavors that basically addition by subtraction. Yep. I taste things now that I didn't taste in the other one, so I can call it that. Tastes like peach. I didn't get right. any peach from that last one. It's, it's interesting how that works.
0: It's. I, I I think you just hit it on the head, though that. When Who's you? Oh I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) Charles, you got me. Uh CG, I think you nailed it on the head and then Charles you backed it up. That as you as you consume things, if it's something new and it's something that you like Keep trying to learn about that. Right. The, none of this stuff, you can read as many books as you want, but none of this stuff will actually adhere to your brain until you really start tasting it and you get to try some differences. But you also push yourself to try things that you haven't right. had before. And then when you give yourself, like what I like to look at it as, if you put you know, limiters on, if you hold your hands out in front of you about a foot apart, and then you stretch them in both directions a little bit farther. You'll just, there's more, it's, there's more colors that you can see. There's more flavors that you can taste. Sure. And the more that you try different things, the more that you're gonna learn, oh, okay, well, this is the difference between these two. And what is, if you think about that, like, well, what did I like about this that I didn't like about that? Or what do I think is different about this than that? That can work to everything that you wanna consume. Sure. That whether that's music, it's art, it's food, it's coffee, it's mezcal, it's beer. All of that works. It's just if it excites you, keep learning more. Absolutely. And you'll always stretch your boundaries. And I I love that we've already gotten into that discussion, which kind of (laughs) leads me to the first question. And I feel like this is a little bit of a softball, but I also think that this is something that both I would like to talk to you about and also that I think some of our listeners would really dig. So what is something that a casual, like, microwaved, boiling hot cup of black liquid – coffee drinker like what is something that maybe they misunderstand about the craft coffee world um, or what is something that you wish more people could understand about the coffee industry in general
1: sure um for me coffee has always been more than a beverage it's been an experience and that started back at my neighborhood coffee shop when i was 13 years old um, it was just the whole it was it was a magical thing being in this atmosphere with these people that you would see day after day and you would know what's going on in their lives. Even if you've not talked to them in two weeks because yeah. you can pick up on the differences and their demeanors on different days yeah. they come in. Um, but, you know, a lot of people assume that coffee is just coffee. It is what it is, whatever. It's just a means to an end. It is. For the purpose of being caffeinated, end of conversation. I don't care where it comes from. I don't care what it tastes like because sure. it's going to get coated with milk and sugar, whatever. That's the misconception that I like to try to change in people, um, especially after going to origin and seeing how much work goes into every single bean that is picked by hand and how much work goes into processing it and getting it into a shipping container and getting that onto a boat and getting that to a port and getting that to a warehouse, there's a lot that goes into it. And the final product can be something that changes the way you view the whole the whole supply chain, the whole experience of drinking a cup of coffee. And when you have that aha moment, when you have that one cup of coffee that just changes your whole life... That's what I like to do. That's what I like to be a part of, even if it's not my coffee. I like being able to send people to my friends' coffee shops and be like, J- just trust me. Try this pour over. Please just try it. I will give you $5. Just go try it. And I th- I've i heard that referred to as the God Cup yeah. before. The, <laughs> the, the, the cup of coffee I, I, that I've you remember, God. yes, yeah. where you were yeah. like, holy shit, this is amazing. I remember this the first time
2: I tasted blueberries yes. in a natural cup of coffee. Was it a natural Ethiopia? Went, of course. Yeah. and Which is, consequently, my favorite yep. coffees are yep. natural Ethiopians. But I remember the first time tasting that and literally saying, shit you not, ooh, blueberries. And <laughs> <Like, laughs> just being like, what the fuck? Wait, right. why is my coffee taste like blueberries? And then like referring to, to tasting notes, because your world is coffee. Yep. Sometimes I think that if you look at notes when people say, like, strawberry, black tea, things like that... That a consumer who doesn't take the time to slow down or, and, and first of all properly prepare their cup, secondly properly taste their cup, maybe they're they're tasting it but they don't even know it because they're breezing past it. They're already right. on their Excel spreadsheet. They're just slugging it down trying to get their their caffeine drip. So that's that's very interesting too. That. The, I think someone needs to be ready for that experience as well, for sure. Because maybe they could have that cup and not even realize right. the experience. Because you're chomping on a biscotti or
0: something. Or yep. they just brush their teeth. That's right. <laughs> do you Do you remember what was the What was the God cup for you? Do you remember?
1: Yeah, it was a uh, Ethiopia Yergas from the Bean Factory um, back when I was fourteen, fifteen, maybe. Oh wow, yeah. I Early got it theory. on uh, it was a pour over and it was just the greatest thing I had ever tasted. And ever since then, I knew that that's what I'm supposed to do right there. That's, <sighs> that's what I want to do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I, I do
1: guess you have
0: one qualm. That- yeah, but mine was, mine was super late. Uh, mm-hmm. Mine, mine really, I, I guess it was the first time. Um, it was the first time that I had a really well-made cold press. I don't, I don't love hot beverages. Sure. I, mean, I never have. Um, do you remember I, where it was? Uh, yeah, it was, it was Maeve's. It was Maeve's. It was Maeve's. Okay. Um, I kept hearing, uh, so basically going back to my dislike of hot beverages, I don't know what it is. I've always run warm anyway. It's very rare that I need something to warm me up. And I just wrote all of coffee and tea off as, oh, it's hot, sure. so I don't want it. That's fair. And then uh, I had a, a friend. Um, I, don't think, I don't think it's fair. <laughs> when I, I had a friend when I lived in, in, in Norway who would make um, ruibus like uh, floral tea. Yeah. And then she would just put it in the fridge and she poured some for me. And I was like, wait, what? Like, this is nothing like what I had ever had before. Cause I think yeah, I had only had like too. sweetened iced universe, tea. Right? So that just knocked me like off my chair. And then I started getting a little bit more into tea. And when I moved to Minneapolis, uh, I started going to La Societe de Te on Lindale. Uh, it's a really cute store run by this cranky old dude. You're still not allowed to even bring a cell phone out if you're in the store or he'll kick you out (laughs) but it was like i would just tell him flavors that i wanted and he would find these different jars you know he's got 60 or 70 different jars so i got kind of into that and then at night in the winter i would do a hot cup of tea and i'm like okay this Mm -hmm. is pretty relaxing and i kept trying with coffee but all of my friends were just microwaved boiling hot black liquid coffee drinkers and I just was like. Berglating. Yeah. Like this just mm-hmm. isn't in- interesting to me because I had found all this depth in tea and coffee was like, eh. and then uh, I was again, bitching about in the summer that I didn't want a hot cup of coffee. I don't <laughs> find that refreshing. And a friend was like, get a cold press. And I was living in Northeast Minneapolis and somebody said, may has says the best. And I went and I tasted, it, it was, it was nutty and it had chocolate in it and it had this beautiful like roasty almost smoke to it and every sip as i swallowed i tasted different things and that to me reminded me of tea sure and then i went on this path where i thought everybody had like really dope cold press and it turns mm-hmm. out yeah. not that then. most places have Especially iced coffee they call, <laughs> right. cold press. they
2: call it cold press or they didn't know what you meant when you said cold press yep
0: so I would I would just skip around trying to find different things. And then um, so that was my first one. And then it was the first time that I actually worked with with uh, a guy who ran a coffee program. Uh, I, I managed a restaurant in the same area that uh, we had a, a coffee shop as well. And the guy who ran that, his name is Griffin Johnson. And Griffin literally looked, looked at me and said, stop being stupid and just let me show you. And so we went in there and we tasted from espresso all the way through to like a cafe meal. And then uh, it was like, then I understood like, oh, this is just an entire program that I had one very low bar to get across. Right. And I just hadn't crossed it because there wasn't anybody that had told me, hey, you should check that out. Sure. You know, like I grew up in a Folgers family. Like that was what I knew from childhood. And I just assumed that that was everything. And so that was, that was it for me. And I guess if I had to answer my own question, it would be that I, I wish more people would understand the amount of variation and the amount of depth that goes into this entire world. Right. Because so many people in my world are a cup of coffee or that's it. And like you said dump in, you know, a solid half pound of sugar, a bunch of cream, you know, it, it looks uh, like my skin when it's tan at best. <laughs> and you're like, you're "Like that's not I don't even know what. That's that's a thing and I'm not even knocking you if you enjoy that flavor. Cool, but but don't say that that's your only coffee experience, right. you know, like try the other things." But like Charles, like where where do you sit on that because I know you have your routines.
2: Well, that that natural uh, Ethiopian was not my God cup. Mine was also a cold press. It was at um, Amazing Grace in Duluth, Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah. Wow, like thirteen or fourteen years ago, first time I ordered a cold press, and I didn't know that coffee could be smoky and bitter. Mm-hmm. Because I, I've been—I mean, I've been drinking. I was doing French presses when I lived across the street here uh, in my—you know—my early twenties. I was French pressing. City Kids and Peace Coffee and things like that uh, for a very long time. I did a little work with Caribou for for a period, um, so I had plenty of their coffee, even though, sorry, guys, I don't really like your coffee. But it wasn't (laughs) until that cup, and that was, you know, like 13 or 14 years ago, that I was like, what the fuck, where I realized that you could have entirely different profiles. Uh, I do want to refer back to CJ because you were talking about the God Cup, but what is it that you would want people to know that they don't already know if there's anything else that you wanted to add to that in general or just about coffee yeah like is there anything that you feel like i I wouldn't say the layman necessarily or even someone who drinks Folgers but do you feel like you can amplify people's enjoyment of coffee by uh, tapping into a vein of knowledge that maybe that they don't consider about the way that it's cultivated or grown or yeah or
1: yeah at the end of the day coffee is a very human thing um from how it's grown how it's processed how it's shipped and ultimately how it's roasted and prepared there are so many hands that it exchanges along the way um and the more that i have been in this industry the more i have seen that firsthand I just think that's incredible how many how many times that coffee has changed possession from being on a tree yeah. at origin to in your cup in your local cafe. That's right. everything growing just, that tree, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just it's just baffling how many different hands it changes along the way, and how many people are involved and responsible for producing that product and bringing that to. The importer and bringing that to the roastery and I mean I know that it's because I'm in the industry I know all of these things so things like beer for example I don't know virtually anything about the supply chain of hops or barley or anything like that so I can only assume that it's similar based on what I know in coffee um, but I, I think that once you really learn how personal this whole industry, well, not necessarily personal, but person-focused, people-focused, mm-hmm. um, that that changed my perspective immediately and increased my appreciation virtually overnight. Once I realized how many people were responsible for getting this coffee to my roastery, I mean, it
2: yeah, it's fascinating. It changed
1: the way I think about everything. And changes the way that I want to keep doing things in this industry because I sure. want to represent those stories whenever I possibly can. Because I didn't know it, and I wish I did sooner, but I'm glad I do now. So it's my responsibility
2: to pass that along whenever I can, and that enriches people's experiences when Absolutely. they consume the product. Then that's how they—that's how you make someone understand why that cup of coffee is four dollars. Yeah, well. Do you want to know where this came from? Like, not what country it came from, but do you know where, where? this mm-hmm. came from?
0: Well, and that's where, like, I feel like coffee overlaps with wine better than anything else. Yeah, because the and fact cigars. that you listed exactly what you, what flavor you found mm-hmm. and you knew where it was from, the terroir, the elevation, all of that, like you can get that if you're if you're getting beans directly from a farm, like you can get. Exactly where that's from, in the same way that you can get that with wine. Sure, you know there are there are in in craft beer there are a lot of hands that touch everything, but there's still industrial style harvesting when it comes to the malt, and there is still giant giant farms that are pulling you know the hops down. There is definitely like artisanal sides to that, but that can get a lot more macro than what you experience in something like the coffee that you have here mm-hmm. or in like a bottle of wine that's, that's from a certain region. Like hillside to hillside, it changes what right. it tastes like. You know, elevation, it, it changes what it tastes like. What season was it harvested? Mm-hmm. Like all of that stuff mm-hmm. is wild to me. And it took my wife falling in love with coffee programs and dragging me, I've talked about it on the podcast before, to Tim Wendelblow in, in Oslo. Like, we went to a cupping class in a place that was, you know, maybe, I don't know, 20 feet by 20 feet. That's their whole roastery. Yeah. But we went to a cupping class, and they laid out 28 cups. And we tasted from obsidian to clear. And it was insane because I got to see all of all of the the breadth of what that bean can do sure. in different forms and different temperatures and all the way across. And for the rest of my life, I will think about that. When I like, I wish I could give everybody that experience, you know, like just oh, do this, and I promise it'll change your world and how you look at it, you know. But I just want to say, what that bean do, what that bean do, (laughs) yo girl, show me what that bean do. (laughs) (laughs) Is there, do you, either of you, while we're on that, do you have a region that you prefer, like when you go to? Um,
1: are we talking about just uh purchasing? Beans from a if specific region. If you're
0: going to do a pour over at your house.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, just because of my travels, I always like to get stuff from Mexico and from Honduras. And that's because those are, in my opinion, two of the most underrepresented origins on the market. I think when you think about Mexican coffee, you think of kind of low-grade blender coffee, just whatever, roasted dark yeah. or whatever whatever it's cheap it doesn't really not true not true at all and one of my favorite coffees of all time came from uh one of the farms that i visited in mexico um and so that will always have a special place in my heart and honduras for the exact same reason but mostly because i didn't know anything about honduras the, the
2: um chingon
1: that was the Mexico. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yep. yeah. that was no, that one. I love that. And country. that was Mezcal country. Right. That mm-hmm. you know, it was that was a whole trip. That was a whole experience. Um, the Honduras was really. I didn't know anything about Honduras. And when you when you heard about uh, San Pedro Sula, all you heard about pretty much was. <laughs> How dangerous it was right how it's the murder capital of the world for x amount of years running and you should not go there you shouldn't travel anywhere outside of these areas and you know so leading up to that trip it was just like a whole bunch of stuff going on at once and of all noise. of these outside yeah. warnings right and when i got there it was some of the warmest hospitality i have ever experienced and just night one all of that was gone. Like, you could tell that some stuff had definitely gone down there before by all the armed guards that were around and the gated <laughs> yeah. communities with right. barbed wire fences and stuff. So it was obvious that there were precautions in place, but we were outside alone. Like, I never once—I felt safer in San Pedro Sula than I do in uh, downtown Minneapolis sure. by a mile. So, you know— um,
2: Sometimes it's what you don't know to— Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Even though but like probably, Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. it might be it might be safe to say that a lot of the time also in a place like that there's nothing to fear, but if it's the wrong place at the wrong time. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, around. definitely. But I, I know what you mean because I've I felt that way as being in bad neighborhoods in different countries. Right. <laughs> Where it's like I tell myself after the fact, "Oh, I also just don't know if I'm standing in the wrong place." <laughs> right, crowd. yeah. I have no <laughs> fucking idea. That's true. That's true.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh should we uh, should we raise one up?
2: The, we didn't really answer the question, but yeah, okay. Well, well, I was just going to say for my favorite regions, Ethiopia, Costa Rica. Those are my two favorites. I'll breeze by that. No, for me, the the just the portion regarding what I wish people knew that they don't know. We've already talked about, so I also don't need to say a lot about it. That you can make an excellent cup of coffee in your own home, mm-hmm. just people don't trust themselves to do for it. Sure, but we talked about that on the Eric Eastman episode about. The coffee setup. And we inspired a listener of the show that I met a few weeks ago right. at Bungalow Club to get the entire same coffee setup that I have. So, like the whole stag setup and the Chemex. And she's making excellent coffee at home. She's like, I don't think I could do it. I was French pressing. Now I'm doing this. And this shit is fantastic. So, that'd be my answer. When you did say the, the sense of community thing, it actually made me kind of sad because I miss Maves. And that was the cafe that I felt such a great sense right. of community at. Right now, I don't feel like I have a home cafe anymore. There are a multitude of places i go to but none that are like the place you walk in and you know all the characters absolutely yeah you know it's like friends terrible reference but when you walk in you know everyone the guy sitting at the counter the guy you know filling the pastry cart the guy rolling it's, cigarettes on the patio yep yeah, for sure and that was that's what it was is the the long running cast of characters like maves i i sorely miss that i hope i can find that again
0: sometime soon I feel like it's the same as, as having, like, your favorite hangout bar or your favorite, like, yeah. yeah. the dye bar that you go right, hangout. Right, of course. Like, it's the same thing. It's, it's that sense of, like, we're all different, but we all, like, we all paid the same amount for that cup, and we're all sitting here, and everybody's trying to figure stuff out, and our stools are the same height, you know? Like, there is something democratizing about that that I really like. Like, it doesn't matter what else is going on outside of here. Right. We're all in here. We're all drinking a cup. We're all just pondering what we're supposed to be doing next or or not or Or escaping it for a little bit (laughs) you know just just having a little time to breathe and to contemplate something beautiful like i think that that's the feeling i agree with you like since we moved i still haven't found that like we're you know we're at a first ring suburb now and i i don't have that vibe yet i have a couple bars that i dig but i don't have a a a coffee shop that i love near me and that's tough you know like there is that sense, even if you don't technically know anybody in the room. Right. You've probably seen everybody. Yep. You know, you've you've met eyes. Maybe you do the head nod thing or like whatever it is. But we've all been in this room together. We all got out and now we're all back again. For sure. And that's a cool feeling to have with strangers. I think there is a sense of community that doesn't even have to be a direct relation. But just if you have those moments where this place makes me feel like home. Yep. that that's part of it.
1: That was very crucial for me growing up. Very crucial
2: for sure. Man. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers to you feeling a sense of community at public businesses. <laughs> cheers.
0: Whatever it may be. That's right.
1: Mhm. See, that's the dangerous thing about Mascalas. It's so smooth. Yeah,
2: that's too smooth. It's just mm. That is too smooth. Mm. That whole bottle could go away
0: very easily. Oh,
2: shit. <laughs> All right. Topic number two CJ, after a crazy long day at work, and we know you've had a few of those. <laughs> Just a few. Uh, yeah. What or where do you want to go to blow off steam? What's the place or food or drink that seems to come to mind more than others? Oh, man. Um,. So I know you like to dine out too. So you, I do. You probably have a multitude of answers. I, don't I know if you do. don't A one answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, let's see here. So I live in the West Seventh neighborhood of Saint Paul. Um, so I have a ton of really great options right down my street. Uh, if I were, if I am going out, on for for a beer, I like to go to Bad Weather. It's like my favorite brewery. It's within a little bit of a stretch, but it's within walking distance, absolutely, um, which I like to walk there because it's about a mile and a half from my house, and, good, and then I good feel like... walk. Exactly. You, you know, then I feel like pounds. I got my exercise after yeah. <laughs> having six pints, you know? I yep. feel good about myself when I go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to do anything I've for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I really like going to Parlor for the burger. I mean, it's Ooh. just it's just a heavy hitter. It's nothing wrong with that. Oh man, it's great. Uh, um, one of my new favorite places is A Side Public House, uh, which yeah. just opened Pretty up new. on yeah yeah. Like yeah I think a month. A couple, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Pretty no recent, time, though. But very yeah. recent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people posting the burger. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that because I, I know you're it. like the burger guru. So yeah, I, but I have not had that burger. but I would it recommend it. It is it. getting...
2: Okay. It's getting posted a lot yeah. on yep. some of the burger forums around. So you've had it probably multiple times? Yes. Is it a smashy burger? Yeah. It yep. is a smash? It is. And they have two like, kinds. looks kind of saucy. Maybe there's onion strings on it or something? Or is it... Uh, that- I don't think there were
1: onion strings on mine. Thought I saw it recently. There is a there is a second one though, okay. and there might be on that. Mm. Um, it might just be caramelized onions Could though. Be, okay. Yeah, the uh, the one that I had is not the it's not the a side. It's the other one. Or maybe it is the A side and not the other one. I don't remember. <laughs> but A-side, B-side. it's a it's a very it's a very uh, classic patty. There's not a lot there's not a lot of extras on it, which okay. I really appreciate. There's like a house sauce, uh, smoked aged white cheddar, uh, pickles, um, just real real brass tacks, which I really appreciate in cool. a burger. That's Absolutely. awesome. But I really like c- cooking and just like not yes. going anywhere that's, sure. that's <laughs> honestly yeah. after a really long day that's what i'm doing i'm swinging by the co-op i'm picking up some ingredients and i'm just cooking and not leaving my house for the rest of the spoiler
2: day spoiler alert we do have a topic about that as well <laughs> okay well re- <laughs> retract specifically it about retract it like, going out fuck this yes i've been working gotcha. all day i got gotcha. shit
3: <laughs> then somewhere
1: local that i can walk home from yeah definitely okay.
2: That does cover some bases too, because yeah. you have s- several opportunities. Yep. Like Parlor cocktails, burger, yep. a side. What, what else do they specialize in? So they do burgers, but what else is there? I honestly motif? don't know. Really? That's, so have you just been having I a burger there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they so uh, they start <laughs> yeah they start serving
1: lunch at eleven, and I got there my first time. At, oh shit! They serve lunch. That's yeah. important. We got There's, a lunch
2: spot. Mention on the podcast you go. if you're a local. Or not many lunch spots, so good on yep. inside for serving. lunch. Eleven a.m. Nice. That's I got great. there at
1: ten my first day, and I had to I had to drink two or three beers before lunch. Oh, they were open. You know? Yeah, they just okay. Yeah, because they're open for coffee. They're open yeah. at seven oh, a.m. Oh shit! I so think. they
2: do coffee stuff as yeah. well. Nice. Yep. I dig that. Yeah, that's a good vibe. <laughs> I like. I like when there's the split appeal for sure. For. Other in other states, there's a lot of breweries that are cafes in the morning. Yeah, I love that. It's nice and sunny in a way that you would never fucking see it when you're there in the evening. Yep. And you go in and they have like a Slayer or something, and right? They you an espresso, and you're just hanging out. And they use like barrel aged beans. It's like Modern Times does that type of thing. I I wish we could see more of that here, but I love that too because the uh, the old Psycho Susie's right down the road here on Marshall. Yep. And I don't care if you're not from Minnesota, you've probably heard of Psycho Susie's because it's pretty well known. But the old location had the cafe on the side,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and man, I'm trying to. That was so long ago, I'm trying to remember how long they were open. Wasn't that would have the been, cafe part was not. It no. didn't feel like that lasted very long. That was like
0: the the mid aughts.
2: It was that side bar. Yep. It was you could go in there and get cans of uh, Fat Cat mm-hmm. at night. That was like all you could get on that side of the bar. <laughs> and then during the day, it was like the sunny little sunny cafe. So I really dig that. That's a good note. They do that. They Do Do they do breakfast stuff, too? Or is I it don't like, think so.
1: It's just lunch and dinner.
2: Yeah.
0: They have Put
1: pastries an and stuff, but, like, yeah. I'm going
2: to have to
0: check that out. For sure. I was just texting a former guest on the podcast, Stephanie March. I've mm-hmm. been asking about when we could figure out and have lunch together, and we've been struggling trying to find spots that were open. So I think I'm going to see if I can drag her all the way over to, to the 651. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And I, I and keep murder. hearing, like, you're the third person to tell me they're doing some great stuff over they there. Are. So I feel like uh, i feel like I got to make that happen. If like, you guys
1: are ever over there, let me know because I'm about a five-minute walk from that place. I will oh, yeah.
2: absolutely let you know for yeah. sure.
1: How about you, Charles? What, what do you like to, uh, What do you like to do
2: or eat or drink on a long day? I don't have like one spot that I go to the way that I might have in my 20s because, as you guys know, I like to spread the wealth and try new places while also returning places that I love. You know, obviously, from the last 10 minutes that we've been discussing that I love burgers. That's my comfort food. But well, my comfort drink is a really dirty vodka martini. Yeah, it
0: is. Hmm. So
2: if I've been working, if I had a really long day of work, oftentimes I'm not hungry because I'm just like, Chewing my cheeks, stressed out, high anxiety, trying to cool down. So I want a dirty martini, and it doesn't have to be highfalutin. Doesn't have to be super fancy. Doesn't need to contain any alternative ingredients. And I'll tell you, the place that came to mind when I was thinking, okay, dirty martini is my comfort drink. Where do I go if I'm just like, I need a martini? Well, guess what, motherfuckers? I work above a restaurant (laughs) where we're currently recording this podcast uh, called The Sample Room, right here on the river. Yeah. Right here on the river in Northeast Minneapolis. CJ, you ate here right before we recorded. I did. Um I I had a burger. The the Bono burger. Yeah. My first love. That that burger was my first love as a burger. And it's still really the only fatty patty that I would ever think of eating because I'm just like on the smashy boy train. And it's not that I don't like fatty patties anymore. I love fatty patties. It's just that when I think to eat a burger right now I want I want a smash burger. Bad. But I've had a couple Bonno burgers. Digression, But if I want uh, a dirty martini, I know I can go downstairs. And Jay or Ryan or Richard or any of the guys down there will make me a fantastic dirty vodka martini. Expert is is a funny way to put it because I don't want it to be fussy. Like, give me kettle one. Uh, give me a lot of the olive brine. They get mad at me. I'm emptying their jars. I'm like, keep going, man. <laughs> And then a couple of olives. Dirty. That's all I need. I just I love a chilled dirty vodka martini or seven after a really long day of work. They just go down. They go down like this <laughs> banyas. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like I'm a savory guy, so that type of a cocktail I don't because drinking old fashions will cloy on me. Yep. Like I'll drink an old fashioned fast, but then I'll be like, hold on. Hold on a second. Yeah. My mouth, you know. My, my, teeth, are getting, my teeth are getting hairy. <laughs> Keep them coming. I was, actually, last week at the cabin, I was saying to um, Dave and Barb at the cabin next door how, for me, if I have batch martinis in my fridge, which I often do, it's the most dangerous bottle in my house. of a thousand bottles of things in my house. That is by far the most dangerous bottle. You know why? Because I didn't have to shake it or anything. <laughs> I pour in a lowball glass, like throw a handful of fucking olives in there and just dump it in there. I don't know that I'm drinking four at a time and I'm watching wrestling or something. (laughs) The next thing I know, I'm like, eating the last olive, like, I better go to the fridge. (laughs) Bad news, man.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
3: just shit face oh, watching gosh, wrestling yeah. that's like, an image wow
2: the bottle's empty also yeah. second
0: digression I have an entire list of uh, I used to uh, I used to strip under that name and I can't believe that I've never used Fatty Patty I'm sorry that's what for sure. uh Fatty Patty like that's Ooh. for
2: sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stephanie March got a kick out of that one I said it to her she's like Fatty Patty that's great and I'm like yeah smashy boy Fatty I've, Patty I've
0: never heard that before and yep that's going on the list of uh, names I used to strip under. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you have to change identities a lot. I wonder why. Oh, it's amazing.
0: I, it's, I go <laughs> town to it's town. I, <laughs> <laughs> there's a There's a There's a paint. This is This is what started it. There is a paint made by um, uh, What's the Hirschfield. Uh-huh. And and uh-huh. <laughs> the name of the paint is satin rhino, and I was like, "Yep, <laughs> coming up next to the stage, satin rhino." Hold like, on. yeah, you, absolutely. You guys are moving too big here. Fatty Patty,
2: <laughs> shit faced, watching wrestling,
0: and satin rhino. His <laughs> last three minutes here. It's, it's never not going to be, be good. hard to choose.
2: It's gonna be hard to choose. So, Quam. Yeah. What is your answer?
0: Well, I want to give a shout out because. Uh, Sat- I <laughs> it's never not funny and it's a it's actually it's like a it's like a halfway between like a it's like a dusty purple which I also really like as a color yeah it's it's amazing <laughs> but yeah that's that that's it um, I I I want to give love because we talk a lot about the Twin Cities and I do want to give shouts out when I've been working in other cities I want to give a couple shout outs uh, when I'm in Chicago my go-to, the place that I have to no matter what go to for food is Pequods because they have a lunch special that is a personal deep dish pizza with caramelized crust going around the outside with a beer for like 1199. Mm. super dope. Uh, if I want to blow off steam in the form of shots and drinks, Rossi's in downtown or in downtown Chicago, it's the shit. I love it there. Uh, and then my wife and I were fortunate enough recently to be back in New York again uh, last weekend. And it was just a beautiful trip. It was so much fun to get to be there. And again, I will say when I want to eat my feelings, Jeanne Famous on St. Mark's Place, eight seats in the whole place. And you order off the pictures. And for I think it was 11 or $12 with tax to have a cumin chili lamb sandwich and uh, a bowl of what they call concubine noodles, hand-ripped noodles floating in chili oil with chili crisp over the top and stewed lamb. Like, it's in a styrofoam bowl. I I don't even need to sit down. I'll literally take the food. I'll go stand outside and I'll crush it. Those two, if if I'm in that city and I just need a little time, that's where I'll go no matter what. In the Twin Cities, uh, to be fair, it's uh, by far and away uh, max industrial for me. It's my home bar. I call it the Winchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. If For I sure. want to, if I want to crush some, some buffalo, wings. yeah. Some they make a Grand Marnier like spicy. It's a riff on duck sauce. Of course it is. Dude, you do that, of course. I do that Grand with. Uh, I get rid of all the dairy sauces. I used to s- regrettably do shots of Grand Marnier. Let's <laughs> yeah, wear everyone why do we keep doing this. Everyone in the Twin Cities <laughs> has regrettably not? done yeah. a shot
2: of, of Grand Marnier. There. Is that a thing?
0: It's a thing because it's, I've definitely it. done it. It's not yeah. as much a thing anymore, but it used to be yeah, a it used fucking to be a big thing. thing.
2: Like you couldn't go there without your friend group being like, "We doing a shot of Grand Marnier?" Yeah. Like, maybe And I <laughs> and I worked. I
0: worked there for those years, and there's. If you cut me open, there is a ring in my tree of like just saccharin orange cognac that would drip out. But it is what it is. Uh, but in addition to the fact that they serve all the way till close, which I think is incredible for any bar, if you receive, if you like take care of the service industry and you serve food all the way up until the end of the night, you'll always have a loyal following. Um, their uh, pulled brisket Reuben is incredible. I will still swear by that, but yeah. Then the Grand Marnier wings. I get rid of the dairy sauce. I dip it in buffalo, so you get sweet, salty, spicy all together. That's that's it. That's and I would say that for my wife as well. Like whenever we both just need, like I can't look at the kitchen. I don't want to. I, I just want somebody to give me food and sustenance, and I'm going to inhale all of it, and then we're going to go home and go to bed and try again tomorrow. That's the spot. That's what we do. Good bar food. Is hard
2: to beat and hard to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like bar food where you're just like, I need to eat and you pile it in and afterwards you're like man, that wasn't that good. Which is most well, bar food, let's Ooh. be honest. <laughs> you, that's commonplace. You can find that yep. anywhere in every city in the United States. But bar food where you're like, that was satisfying. Not that that's not that easy to, to come nope. across.
0: It's, it's even like the little stuff. Like they do um, super thin sliced onions tossed in a, for Minnesota, a very highly spiced flour. Uh, they call them burning rings of fire. But it's not like the big, thick, like bicycle tire onion rings <laughs> you know it's like no onion strings are the way you go yeah and I, I love that. sisters
2: oh. at the state fair are the greatest onion oh i will give them of all times that's definitely my style i like a big onion ring but people just have a hard time getting it to adhere or to cook properly so i'm sort of over them but the onion string
0: it's way easier to do and it's mm-hmm. super satisfying it's delicious throw that on a burger i didn't know they good. did those
2: oh yeah Dude. Do they do it as a basket? Like, you can get them? You can get it
0: as an appetizer, as a basket. You can get it as a side. Or you can get it on their Burning Rings of Fire uh, burger, where they do... Um, don't, say,
2: don't say don't barbecue sauce. No, no, no.
0: It's, it's the, the spicy <laughs> Grand Marnier sauce. Uh, and okay, then Pepper Jack like and Jalapenos and uh, those over the top. Splinter spots. would love it. I don't like rodeo burgers, yeah. but so just somebody somebody does because they keep showing up on
2: menus oh it's delightful no i'll just have them on the side i'll just grab a
0: fistful (laughs) smash it into my face like a baby eating rice eat it like i do with popcorn where you like eat it from the bottom of your hand through the top of your hand like a baby eating rice (laughs) oh
1: man i do that too see oh shit i didn't think about the fact Uh that i did that until right this
3: second thank
2: you for not making me be alone on
3: this Oh shit! Yeah, that oh, is
2: there's how too I, many. Yes. Is it? This we're going to fall from the bottom. <laughs> I may as well funnel in. This is a
0: complete side digression, but I have to tell this story this so is if we're going to talk about pop culture. Yeah, this, this is a podcast. That's what this Fuck show off. is. That's what we do. Uh, so, I uh, my my closest thing to like a celebrity freakout on this most recent New York trip was uh, Jenny and I were my wife and I were hanging out with two friends of ours and uh, Joe. Uh, and I were just talking and he grew up in the neighborhood that we were in. We're on the upper West side, like just South of Harlem. And we're chilling at this bar, just having a drink uh, out on the patio, watching football. And, uh, and out of nowhere, he goes, Hey, you ever, you ever seen Barry Gordy's the last dragon? And I was like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) He goes, I'm good friends with Ty Mac. He lives right there. Oh, really? And, like, I kind of lost a little bit. Like, Bruce Leroy was one of the coolest motherfuckers ever. Like, enough was his own thing, the Showgun of Harlem. But the fact that, like... He kind of whooped his ass. He got the glow. He ate popcorn with chopsticks. Spoiler
2: alert, man! That's only thirty years old. What
0: you <laughs> yeah. But he he ate popcorn with chopsticks, and that was what we had a discussion for like twenty minutes about that. While I was freaking out at the fact that I was Kitty Corner from Timex like condo, I thought that was so fucking cool for some reason. But then we got into a side discussion about how does everybody eat popcorn, and everyone was passionate about how they do it like some people were like two kernels at a time the server was literally one kernel just fast as can be mm-hmm. and then a couple of us were like the whole handful and then just you know feed it mm-hmm. through <laughs> like like you're force feeding a horse with a feed bag which is how I like to do it and i love that that the mention of a 1980s celebrity still ended up getting us to, well, yeah, but how do you eat popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> it just, it reminded me of why I love doing this show, is those are the questions that, that define us. Like, how, how, like, how do you eat your popcorn, Charles?
2: I do the pinch. I pinch as many as I can with my fingers, and then I try to make them into one piece between my fingers. And then they all have to go in my mouth at the same time. And if I drop one, I get really fucking angry at myself. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like if you squeeze too hard and one pokes out. And pops
2: out, and then they all all start to fall. And you're like, God damn it, again?
1: (laughs) See, that doesn't happen when you funnel it with your hand. That's it. it?
2: I think I got a problem getting my palm dirty too. I'm like, just the fingers I can clean up real easily. I go,
0: I go through an unconscionable amount of napkins. That is one of the times that I feel disgustingly wasteful, because I feel like I feel like popcorn is like it's resourceful because it's it's the amount of actual kernels it takes to make a bag of popcorn is very small. But then I look at the amount of napkins that I go through, and that's disgusting. So you have to. You got to figure it out, you know. (laughs) This is
1: actually why I bought those uh, washable, reusable napkins. For, I mean, stuff exactly like this. I (laughs) I was like, "Why the fuck am I going through half a roll of paper towels every time I (gasps) eat ribs?" That doesn't make any sense. I need to get these cloth napkins. And I think that was when I realized I was an adult. (laughs) That moment when I went to Target and I bought just one pack of fucking
0: washable napkins yep. uh, we did that we did uh, reusable baggies and yeah. again same mm-hmm. thing like I used to make fun of my mom because she would rewash Ziploc baggies and like put them over the soap dispenser and sure as shit we just we bought ones that are intended for that but we do the same thing like you go through a couple of them and then there's one that's it's over this because you know you gotta have to I have to have them open and then upside down right. to dry out. Yep. So I got one over the dish soap, one over the hand soap, <laughs> one over whatever <laughs> bottle of water that I had that I have poured out from the night before. <laughs> and they're all just there drying. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we've we, we turned into our parents, as we've talked about before.
2: <laughs> I'm a very quick eater. As many people who listening to this, who you know me, know. So my thing is I never grab a napkin or a paper towel when we're eating dinner unless it's something soupy because then it being stuck in my beard could end up being... Disastrous for the house But anything else That I'm eating I don't grab a napkin Or a paper towel I just know I'm gonna look Really dumb for like 11 seconds And then I just run To the bathroom And wash my face And hands So if it's if it's something with like a light colored cream sauce or whatever, my beard looks really fucking stupid. I was first thing I do. Here is the other benefit: is if you don't have a paper towel or napkin, you can see what that looked like to other people when you step into the bathroom. And I am like, I look really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I eat so fast, and Marty was busy eating and didn't look at my dumb face. <laughs> That's
0: so awesome. Well, uh, shall we? Yeah, we probably should shoot one back. Here we are. Salute. Cheers. All right, CJ, very serious question here. If you walk out of this building, you go down these stairs, you go out the front door, and there is, take your pick, a a, a genie, an alien, a mythic god, whatever, who is offering you... Sounds like smoking a cigarette. ...for being you. Yep, just hanging out. Just chilling. Was like, oh, what's up, CJ? I've been waiting for you. (laughs) I am going to offer you one... Superpower and one superpower only, you can pick from from the myriad of the powers. Whatever you could come up with, what would you ask for? What would your what would your power oh, be? Man, and if you want to think about it again, like we can we can give you some time because that's like I said, it's a deep question. No, I got this. Yeah, think <laughs> about this. it because
2: he's being he's being asked by this genie. He's got three oh, yeah. seconds. Yeah. To oh yeah, you're it. on the clock. Teleportation.
1: You know, it's not a. It's not something that's going to get me rich or anything, but I, I'm a textbook introvert. You know, I uh, this is probably the most social I'm going to be for the rest of the month, honestly. Because <laughs> uh, I just I just don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. I don't do crowds. I don't do people. I don't do I don't do it. It's mm-hmm. it's not my thing. Never has been. So I think teleportation would be great because then I could just like dip and go to go to Oaxaca, you know, or go back to Honduras or. Just not be where I am at Hell that yeah. particular moment. So your is, Irish
2: goodbye is going to fucking Honduras. That's right. That's right. <laughs> just just Paul? gone.
1: I'm out. No <laughs> questions. Just I'll be back eventually. By myself I'm, on a beach. That's right. Well, I don't do beaches either. Oh, you hey, know, hey, you neither, I don't medical. do I don't do bodies of water that other things live in. I don't do sand, and I don't do heat, Almost and I don't do for, other people. So there's
2: uh, there's nothing for me. Uh, at no, the beach, we're, we're crossing you know all of those <laughs> off of the <this>. list. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what do you like about going to a beach? I hate all of that shit. Get out of it. here! I hate everything about the beach. That's, yeah, that's how I feel about any crowded beach too. Yeah. Like oh it's, yeah, it's not. I don't you know, enjoy a no, crowded I beach. It. I enjoy a really... quiet
0: beach. I'm, I'm a that is where I, I will say I'm a fan. I need some alcohol to be present. Mm.
2: That's fair. Yeah, barbecue on a beach like we did in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I can do that. Hang back under the palm trees, grilling food and. You know, hanging out, listening to tunes. That's my vibe. But, yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to splash around. I'm not. <laughs> I don't, not I don't have
1: gills, you know, so I don't belong in that water. That's not my. It's not my home. It's <laughs> not my habitat. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the risks of setting okay. foot in there, yeah. and I don't need to do that. You know, yeah. I don't need to do that.
0: I, you know, I'll, like we've talked about, I'll I'll fuck <laughs> around and splash around a little bit. I like get my ass kicked by waves. Whenever something is big enough to completely wipe me off my feet and carry me for a while, I'm always like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that happened. <laughs> like I enjoy that, but really. I enjoy, there's a there's like a hypnotherapy to the rhythm of waves, and I will very much enjoy like reading a book near crashing waves, like at a sure. beach. I, I enjoy that portion of it, but I enjoy it a whole lot more at like sundown and then dusk afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my happy spot. Like high noon, 95 degrees, hot <sighs> sun, like nah. Uh, uh, miss me with that unless there's booze involved and then 100% I'm there. Yeah. Um, i like
2: to be out there at the break of dawn with a cigar or something. Oh yeah. Also just chilling, break of yeah, dawn do I don't want to do hear that. I don't want to hear like the din of children punching each other. And, and making sandcastles and stuff. <laughs> I want to, I want to, like, I like hearing the water and seagulls and stuff like that. That's cool. The smell of the ocean air, which you smell in the, I mean, you can be three miles inland, you're still smelling that if you're in San Diego or, or San Juan or something like that. But no, I do not want to be on a crowded beach. I prefer, it, it's not people. I love being around people, but not in that environment. Mm. Because I don't want anything to do with that environment for the reasons that they do. Right. So I feel like I'm in their way. Yeah. I, I don't want They it. feel no. like you're in so, their way. Yeah. I don't want to go splish splash with you. Sorry. You know, you can splish splash. It's cool. I'm not going to yuck your splish splash, but I'm not going <laughs> to Put do that it. one on the list. I'm not going to do it, Okay. <laughs> Good luck to you.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna yuck your split You know, I like the idea of if you did though. I would love to just watch you walk around and just yuck with a thumbs yeah. down, like aggressively at like mm. children playing in the ocean. It's have like, scorecards. Mm-hmm. Have my scorecards oh, for this.
2: Me. The sandcastles and their belly flops. <laughs> two, and two point five bring one
0: through three. I just bring one through
2: three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then one kid does a fucking triple gain or something. I give, him a I give him a 12. I put the one and two together like, all right, man, you did it. <laughs> Everyone else got a one or two today except you.
0: Oh, fuck. That's incredible. All right. Well, uh, Charles, then, obviously, you're not you're not rolling to the beach on your own. Uh, what, would your, what would your superpower Gills. be? No, I'm just kidding. Um,
2: <laughs> no one wants to be Aquaman. Come on. Uh, my answer, I feel like we talked about this on the show at some point. Maybe we did. Again, we've had hundreds of questions. My answer is, has been, and will always be all knowing because that is the greatest power you could ever have. If you knew the answer to everything and every dirty secret, every cure to every disease that could ever be curable. The only thing about that power is that you would go nuts and probably fucking kill yourself pretty quickly. But I would do, I would do the best that I could in a very short period of time (laughs) Uh, with the assumption that it would probably drive me crazy. Sure. But I would have a hard time resisting that, like knowing how to like cure my brother's ataxia or all the answers to all of the problems that we have as a species or figuring out uh, new forms of energy. I know this sounds like some hippy-dippy bleeding heart shit, but it's the absolute truth. I would totally do that. But also, there is the that downside that... Knowing everything would be such a burden that it would drive you crazy. It would absolutely drive you fucking crazy. My anxiety is already through the roof just thinking about that. (laughs) I mean, that's the genie protocol, though. They offer you something, and then it ends up fucking you up somehow.
0: The the monkey paw theory (laughs) that everything is cursed, and it always comes with a downside that, that the want... The wanter never thinks about it. I
2: mean, yeah, I have, you're going to teleport to Honduras and you're going to be on that street the one time you shouldn't be. And you would be like, ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> But then you can hopefully teleport away really quickly. <laughs> how fast are you with. The, I mean, how, what's the learning curve on teleporting? Instantly. I mean, like, you just know it. Yeah. That's you just his think power. of a place and it's gone. It's his power. Right. So yeah. he could hey, say,
2: like, I you, you want like, to I just vanish. To specify. Would you have to specify the genie? It's all in your head. Instant teleportation. At any time, well, to any okay. Place, so we're talking. No we're talking about a very
1: particular genie, then. Ge-
2: but genies, genies will they'll fuck with you. I haven't met, met any genies, so I don't know these things. Okay, you but know. I'm saying you got to draft a contract, just carry it around with you if you meet a genie. Just make sure the teleportation. I do that shit when I get home. All right. <laughs> make sure the genie started. knows the type of teleportation you are requesting. Because my stupid ass, I would try to,
0: I would try to teleport back to a place that like I used to love, and then I would like end up teleporting into a building, and then I would just be like trapped mm. in the. Gun. <laughs> You know, like that's that's how I would fuck that up. Right, <laughs> that's um, probably how I would. Fuck. I'm on level
2: ground. I can teleport people with me. I do not harm anyone near me from the point of exit or the point of entrance. Uh, I don't leave farty smells like Nightcrawler exactly. when I bamf. <laughs> <laughs> we up, Oh, I got a Nightcrawler to speak on. There you go. I got a Night- hey. <laughs> two weeks at night crawler references in a row <laughs> it, works. Shouts, keep it, going. it works it works it works <laughs> Quam, what's yours, man
0: man i so i mean i have literally i have four different tattoos on my body that are with great knowledge comes great sacrifice so i feel like i have to stay away from that i have done everything that i can to remind myself that the more that i learn about everything around me the more that it's going to bring me sure. pain or struggle or sadness or whatever like that's that is a lesson that i truly believe all the way into my heart so for me it would be the opposite i want my superpower to be an escape i would just love to be able to fly i would love to just be able to be like nope i'm out of here and i'm gone and i could get a little time to myself and not have to deal with traffic not have to deal with anything go anywhere and just enjoy that journey would be part of it for me. Sure. I, like I fantasize about that in, in rush hour traffic and shit about how wonderful it would be to just poof, gone. And like, I still got to take time to get there. I don't get there instantaneously, but sometimes where I end up would almost be like secondary to the fact that if I get stressed out or if I get frustrated that I can just be gone. Right. And I love the feeling of like when my windows are down and I have my hand out the window Like, I enjoy that very much. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be in a couple small planes, and I love that feeling. I love roller coasters. All of the things that make me feel like I would enjoy being able to fly. Like, all that shit works for me. And I feel like that would be kind of fun. Also, like, hey, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go see my friends. Like <laughs> stop in, hang out for a quick second again, which would be the same thing as like teleporting. Like go visit some friends that you haven't seen in a little while. Go grab, you know, uh, pink's taco in LA or go grab some Roy Choi fly back. Like, yep, good. I'm craving this right now. I have the world at my fingertips, but I still have to take time to get there. And I still have to think about the journey. I feel like that would be like a little bit of training wheels for me <laughs> where I still have to, I still have to take the time to do it. And I, I, I would assume that it would require some effort. I haven't thought too deeply in what I would have to like do to actually fly, but I feel like...
1: you got to get your contract drafted, man. There
0: it is. See, I need to
2: get... Let's get some like, lawyers on it. Like? What about airspace? Are yeah. you incognito? Because you'd get shot down, oh, for I'm saying sure. yeah. how funny it would be to see you flying around. <laughs> <What's Hi. quam? laughs> but Kwam, here's your fatal mistake. You picked the wrong one. You want to know why? Why? Because if CJ wore a Flying squirrel outfit He can also fly oh. As long as he
0: wants Until he gets close To the ground And then he can Teleport away Told Also
2: me. I can build A motherfucking jetpack I
0: get it <laughs> I just enjoy the idea I just enjoy the idea Of like You know what I'm done You've been super far ashamed <laughs> Yep <laughs> you, all, you guys can I talk shit I this was a safe space Yeah you guys talking <laughs> shit I'll just be flying around um, have...
2: mm, Hang on a second <laughs> <laughs> I always do
0: that to Marty If I only something on a show i i like
2: Dear, and then I named the show. Uh, um, midnight was midnight. Midnight Mass. Um, dear Midnight Mass. <laughs> don't watch Midnight Mass, or do I couldn't finish it. It's man, that is a lot of dialogue. Yeah, there's more dialogue yeah. in an hour of that show than there is on three hours of this show. It's <laughs> it's like the writer of Gilmore Girls made a horror TV show. Yeah, so it's, much dialogue. It's, it's,
1: wow, that's that's a really good way to describe it. So actually. Much it's, wow! It's, they don't shut up. Yeah, everybody Nothing just happens. talks and talks and talks.
2: I couldn't. I
3: couldn't make it. Okay,
0: I'm not gonna. i yep. They edit I'm out every I Was
3: gonna say a spoiler. No,
2: nope, <laughs> yeah. never mind.
0: But, yeah. I, I I think it's an enjoyable show. But some yes. people, yeah, some people love it. Don't listen to me. I I, I watched the I new. Be the weird one. I was on the plane and I watched the new Jason Statham Guy Ritchie movie and I oh my oh. god I just started talking and Jenny was like you're not supposed to think about it just stop it <laughs> you know who's in it this is not a deep plot and I'm like yeah but like why would you do Like, <laughs> I love Guy Ritchie too
2: but I think he lost it yeah. I think he <laughs> lost it well should we drink
0: some more alcoholic beverages? Well, yes I guess we probably should,
2: uh, should we- uh, Quam do you want pour an- and Yeah, I'll I can do that I think I'm next yep more coffee we're gonna talk about coffee. All right. I know this makes you uncomfortable, but we're gonna discuss <laughs> on the spot coffee. Man. So, and you also kind of referred to this when we were discussing this uh, earlier on. But coffee is it meant to be altered with sugar cream and other adjuncts, or do you consider that to be sacrilege? <laughs> um,
1: you know, <laughs> I I always have a little bit of a hard time watching people pour cream and sugar and flavor syrups into coffee. I I always do, and I probably always will, just because of everything I know about it. Yes. But as I've developed in this industry and as I've kind of gone deeper into what makes coffee so special, I've kind of realized that ultimately... What we all want is for you to enjoy a cup of coffee. We want you to go for a cup of coffee, however you like it, take a sip and think, fuck, that's good, you know, and that looks different for everybody. So it's taken me about 10 years in this industry to reach that point um, of acceptance, but I, I'm I'm slowly starting to lean more towards you know, I'm I'm glad that everybody can enjoy coffee however they enjoy it. I would prefer that you don't need or don't feel like you need all that other stuff, and I kind of make it a personal mission of mine to take a cream and sugar coffee drinker. And get them over time to a black coffee drinker. Sure. Because you're probably doing that out of habit by drinking diner coffee that's just... Bitter and disgusting, and you need to put some cream to kind of cut some of that acidity and or some sugar to make sugar it palatable. To, exactly. It you to drink for forty minutes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's just out of habit. You get a cup of coffee, and then the first thing you do is reach for the cream and sugar instantly, sure. without even tasting it. Yep. So my goal always is to well appreciate that they're coming in for a cup of my coffee versus the thousands of other cups of coffee they could get. Yep. I'm appreciative of that. But I'd like to open a dialogue and I'd like to start talking through the process bit by bit. You know, people in their morning rush for coffee, they're not not trying to stand there and listen to me who's been awake since 3 a.m. jab about fucking all the all the super special things about you know you yeah you're whoa whoa hey man whoa just hey just, just i'm just trying to can we not just yet. can we just you know can we just fucking yeah
3: you know, i get it i get it
1: but i want to start that relationship so that i can educate a little bit more that's i feel like that's my job it's not just to roast coffee it's to tell the story of the coffee and if i can have the farmer's full story represented in an unbastardized version I would like to. Oh, so yeah. that's kind of how I approach it. I don't take as rigid of a standpoint anymore sure. as I once did. Yeah, um, Because I've been doing it this for a long time <laughs> and, you know, you, you just can't fight it. Um, but you can use it as an opportunity to show them something they've probably never experienced before, which is the God cup. Mm-hmm. That's always my goal is to be the one to change somebody's mind or perception about what coffee can be. It's not sure. just a vessel to get caffeinated and get through the morning. It can be so much more. So long-winded answer
0: to your question, but no, that's kind of where I'm at. That's succinct. I, I feel like that should be a cheers to that. Yeah. Since we were <laughs> late on the a little course. Late on our shot. Apologies.
2: I feel I was – you You got your point across in just the right amount of words because I, I feel that big time. makes a lot of sense. My answer would be that I look at coffee, and this is going to sound weird, like barbecue. Barbecue, you should have unadulterated <laughs> to know if this is good barbecue. Like any anywhere you go, you get a, a beef rib or, or a pork cheek or something like that. Have some by itself so that you understand the qualities of it. How right. good is this? Where did it come from? What kind of, you know, is this duroc? If it's pork, is this wagyu? If it's beef? and understanding like the complexities of the, the source material. And then if you feel it necessary still to get some pickles and to get some sauces, some sure. mustards, then help yourself. Yep. If that, if you feel like you still require that, then help yourself. It's not for me. Do I look at it from my personal purview as sacrilegious for good coffee? Of course. Like again, to refer back to like the, like a the Mexican chingon or something. I don't want someone to make a, a, a latte out of that like a super sugary latte with all the foam on it and someone makes a little happy face on it or something like no please don't do that <laughs> but if you enjoy that more than you enjoy that cup of coffee and you can understand that about yourself then i am totally okay with it it's your mouth we always say that right like uh, that was eric eastman said on that yep, it's your it. mouth and then again don't don't yuck my um don't yuck don't my um <laughs> so yes if somebody enjoys that i understand but then To refer back to what you said, if they know that about themselves instead of it being a force of habit, like they do understand, like I prefer this experience. I prefer the taste of cream, sugar and coffee all together more than I enjoy the flavor of coffee. Mm -hmm. That's all right. Like I can I can accept that. But it's more if someone asks me my recommendation, like, hey, I drink cream and I take sugar with my coffee what do you think? Am I doing it right? I say, well, try the product on its own, and then you might discover that the coffee you were drinking 15 years ago, what we had available to us in this city or any other, wasn't at the quality level. Right. It wasn't being roasted the way it is now. The sourcing wasn't the same. Where. The products. I mean, I bet your mind is blown, CJ, with the stuff that's available to us now that we're able to source locally. And then also shipping programs like the Fellow Drops program. Which you
1: got me hooked up on. Every week
2: they're blowing me up with stuff from like Spectrum Coffees and Coava and uh, Bird Rock, and it's hard to say no. And then you get those. And sometimes, yeah, in the morning, Marnie or myself will make it, and we're real quick to move along on our day. But I have this thing where I tell Marnie, when we make a coffee, can we leave the packaging on the counter as a way to display what we're consuming? Because sometimes she'll make it and she'll breeze out and then she's in class and I'm texting her and then I got to like have my own little experimentation where I look at the 19 bags in my cabinet and try to guess which one it was, (laughs) but I'd much prefer for it to be on the counter so that I don't have to play that game. Mm -hmm. And I can take a few moments to, to look at what it says on the package for those flavor notes and where it came from how it was sourced how it was (coughs) how it was aged and and fermented and roasted and then like to get a full idea of how this product was produced and then have that like starting point for enjoying it and then yeah maybe i go down to my desk and i am busting hump and i stopped thinking about it and now i'm just drinking coffee but at least then i will have taken the time to try yep. to understand where it came from what do i don't i like about it that's the other thing you don't have to take notes in a notepad but even if in your head you make a mental check point point to say man i really love that coffee from spectrum then you will always remember spectrum i like the spectrum coffee maybe right. forget where it came from or who they sourced it from or what type of a roast it was but you'll remember yeah oh man i had this. I ordered a spectrum coffee from fellow drops like six months ago. I remember I really enjoyed it. And then you see it pop up again and you see them pop up again and you decide, I'm going to give another shot uh, to these guys. But yeah, my long winded answer is in uh, understand the product first before you alter yeah. it. And then if you still want to, then help yourself. Yeah.
0: I mean, for me, that's the way that I feel about all things that I like to consume mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. try it in its raw form first and then figure out where you want it to go. I have, uh, <clears throat> as I spoke about earlier, uh, Griffin Johnson turned me on to a cafe miel. I had never had that before, but he poured in dairy from uh, a dairy farm in Rochester. And where was this? Uh, this was at a, a place called the World Bean, which yeah. no longer exists. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so he did that, and it was Minnesota honey, and that was spectacular. And I had never, I had never had that mm. before, and obviously like cinnamon in there as well, and that was that now that's not how I would prefer to take my coffee, but every now and then that's like a a fun thing, much in the way that most of the time at home, I would drink whiskey straight or neat, but every now and then, yeah, I'll make an old fashioned with it or every now and then I'll make a fun cocktail with it. Um, Another example is uh, hopefully future guest of the podcast, Marshall Paulson, one of my favorite chefs in the twin cities when he was at Birchwood cafe years ago, Uh, he poured uh, about a half a teaspoon of uh, real maple syrup into my cold press and just stirred it up and handed it back to me. Real maple syrup, you know, more watery than the viscous, like, log cabin shit, uh, mixes in instantly. And it it still allowed all of those flavors to shine through, but added a little bit of this fun, rich sweetness to it. And that made me feel like i could taste different notes in the sweetness in the coffee Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't have known that if i hadn't fallen in love with their cold press black as is and then figured out okay well how do i want to slightly alter this and that to me is the essence of it is like you said with barbecue or with a steak or with whatever like i understand that people like to do like a one, I understand that's a thing. But there's also like au poivre and different sauces that steakhouses sure. put on it. Right. You know, like sauteed mushrooms are delicious, but a lot of times the way that they make them, it's, you know, it's full of like brandy and cream and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're looking for, cool. But understand what the steak underneath tastes like first. Understand what that coffee is that you're building on. Yeah. And then go from there. And if there is a thing that you prefer, like, okay. You've tried it, you've worked on it, and you thought that this was a little bit better.
2: So I can interject, it, 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 it's sort of the same premise where you're not going to make an old-fashioned with a BTAC bottle. Correct. You're not going to make, um, you're not going to put uh, uh Herbs de Provence red wine reduction on an A5 Wagyu. Mm-hmm. Why? You're, you're not going to do that same thing with a really beautiful coffee mm-hmm. like a, a really beautiful micro lot single source coffee that's been very carefully roasted by a, a local roaster you don't you don't really that's that's not the coffee that you make a latte with so i think that there are you can look at those as being uh, comparable to one another
0: and i'll then flip that and and tell me if this is sacrilege at all but i'll flip that and say that if there is no integrity in the coffee that you're brewing to start, then who gives a shit if you put dairy and, and sugar into it? You know, if this is But isn't that where people start, right?
2: CJ, like when you, you know, like not always, but with the habit of what you refer to as the, like that diner coffee, yep. right? Where it's scorching hot, it's already burnt. You're trying to stop it from burning more, really? You're <laughs> like, no, stop it, and you pour in some yep. like a little uh, half and half, and then you add some sugar too because now it tastes like burnt burnt milk, right? Mm,
3: <laughs> yeah, so th-
2: that it's a force of habit yep. but then now we're in we're in a new world here we're third wave right coffee mm-hmm. we're in, we're in the third wave a lot of people haven't even experienced those coffees where you taste strawberry peaches black tea blueberries things of that nature a lot of people haven't found that yet right like who's 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 the one to tell them that It depends where they're going, too, because some shops have no interest in telling them, you should try this coffee. It has some really interesting notes Mm -hmm. that maybe you would have not experienced previously. So sometimes it's a matter of not just force of habit, but a force of education where, and I don't mean that to sound demeaning in any way. It's just that having years of experience, only consuming that Coffee Mm -hmm. like the percolated coffee, where it doesn't matter where it came from, it's like super over-roasted, and it's got half and half and like white granulated sugar in it. That's just the only thing that somebody knows. For sure. Yeah,
1: and I mean, it's it's very regional-based, too. Um, If you look at Minnesota as a whole, and the coffee scene in particular, um, the Twin Cities and... Duluth would probably be the only specialty-focused regions in the whole state, and there's a lot of state that's outside of those two regions. So if you get into central, northern Minnesota, for the most part, you're going for dark roast, you're going for raspberry mochas, you're going for that kind of stuff, and uh, you know you you think about you think about what people have historically had. For their whole life <laughs> and what's what what a day at the coffee shop looks like to them um and that's just because of what they have had access to and um it's it's very uh it's very different from place to place yeah. it's very um, i don't know i've I've been trying to kind of map it out and figure it out over my time in this industry, in this state. And it's just a matter of we are in the cities and, you know, for lack of a better term, the rest of the state is the country, right? You're in central, mm-hmm. northern, southern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's not country, but, you know, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the country out it's in different. the country. Yeah. yeah. And they don't have the same kind of – specialty restaurants that we do. Like they don't have a sample room in Malax. Mm-hmm. You know, Hinckley doesn't have all of these dope sushi restaurants on one street. Mm-hmm. So the access is different, the totally. standard is different, and what you expect from a trip to the coffee shop in those places will also be different. And right. because of that it's not even for lack of interest it's just lack of access Access. to what is specialty coffee Mm. what is a single origin espresso what is that stuff because i go to my local coffee shop and i get a dark roast or a raspberry mocha and that's kind of those are my choices (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. uh yeah so it's just interesting in that regard too
2: we're seeing that change a lot, too. I mean, yeah. Crosby, Minnesota, where uh, a dear friend of mine whose 40th birthday parties this weekend, happy birthday, Bay I've her since we were four years old, her cabins in Crosby, Minnesota, they have a cafe there now that Ooh. has really good coffee. They have cold press. And do you know who's, whose coffee they use? I do not. I'm trying to think of even the name of the cafe. I could look it up, and I didn't see Let where, me know I, when where you, the coffee's when you from. I I, didn't have, I I had a cold press there in July, 4th of July weekend. Okay. It, was, it was pretty good, but... You didn't used to be able to go to Crosby, Minnesota Ooh, right. and order a cold press. I remember there was a time where I, I walked around Denver for an entire weekend on GABF weekend. This is, granted, like 10, 12 years ago, asking for pour-over. Anybody. <laughs> anybody at pour-over? Like fancy, like nice-looking cafes. Do you do pour-over? No. Nope. No, no, no. No. We percolate. We make cortados. We make lattes. I was just like, whoa, it blew my mind. And I remember the year that I went because I was going to GABF every single year might have been eight years ago finally that i found a cafe that was like yeah we do pour over and i was like why is that so exceedingly rare in a city like denver which is very forward thinking with food and beverage it was surprising to me but i think yeah we are seeing a lot of change in mm-hmm. smaller communities crosby might be unusual because they have sort of like a this boulevard where they're doing a lot of forward thinking stuff right. uh, but but maybe that's a good sign for the future, where people will have access. In mm-hmm. at least write a first refusal to say, "I still want that raspberry." Right, crap, crap and that's or, that's or, totally or.
1: fine. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, it's how it tastes to you. That's what matters. It's your mouth, yeah. um, it's your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> you know, whatever you enjoy about that beverage, about that food, about that product, do it shamelessly. Yeah. Fucking do it. Absolutely. But. I like to give people an alternative. I like to give people the full picture and the ability to themselves say, I understand this, but I still prefer that. Write a first refusal. I say that about
2: everything. I want you to be able to make an informed decision if you still say... You're weird. I'm normal. That's cool. Man. The beach like, is actually the best place on the fucking planet, and uh, you're you're yeah. a psychopath. Have you ever so. had a piping hot macchiato on the beach?
0: <laughs> I, I do have to give a quick shout out to our listeners that are of a certain uh, age who uh, have now heard the word twice. And yes, I'm just going to go ahead and give you permission. It is time for you to start thinking. It's time for the percolator. Oh, it's man. time for the percolator. <laughs> There's no way. Every time I hear that word, it's there's time no for the way. It's time for the park we, we had a 16 and up club when I was in high school that we could go to. And then 18 and up, you could go to Tropics downtown. And there was not a single fucking night that that song didn't come on. Wait, is it a real song? It's a real song.
2: The only thing I know about that song is that that lady broke that glass coffee table.
0: Yeah. I didn't know it was a real song. Oh, no. Or she made it <laughs> no, up. No, no, was That a, was a real Nancy song. made up. And a fucking massive hit wow. for a couple of years. And that's basically it it is just a driving like 128 bpm 130 bpm beat and it's it's time for the percolator oh it's time for the percolator God. and then and then it goes it's weird I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, dude, it's, and every time it's not possible for me to hear that word, no matter whether it's from like older members of my family or on this podcast, it's not possible to hear that word and not immediately start hearing that <laughs> beat come in. It's like, like, like it's, it's, it's like it follows. Like it just, no matter what, it's always kind of hunting me, waiting for somebody to say oh, the percolator. This like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's why you need to fly and teleport to get exactly. away from the percolator. I got to get away from the percolator. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Let's percolate hey, these shots. To percolate in this <laughs> year,
0: I can't believe I didn't know that was a song. Oh my god! I uh, yeah, it's just that video, that meme video. Everyone has seen that. Everyone's seen the meme CD. video. You've seen it, yeah. I but have, it's yeah. it's real.
2: <laughs> it's time for the percolator. <laughs> just done. Never a good idea. I do recommend it. Also,
0: glass coffee table is never a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. We talked a little bit about uh, the fact that you do feel at home when you get to just go home, stop at the co-op, mm-hmm. grab stuff, and cook. What would be, like, a signature meal that you would prepare? Like, if you had, like, a close friend or a loved one or somebody coming over that you kind of wanted to impress, like, do you have a go-to thing that you love to mm-hmm. make? I'm trying to impress somebody. And that, it like maybe impress isn't the right word. Show your love for somebody that you care about. Like, hey, I'm going to take the time and I'm going to make this. Or impress. For you. Like, yeah, or whatever. impress. Like, it's this is what the fuck I do. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe, you, you,
2: you, maybe I mean, you got your eyes on someone. And you're like, come over for dinner. Yeah. And you prepare something for them that you're like, this is a ringer. Or maybe it's like a homie you've never cooked for before where you're like, I can cook. I'm making dinner at my house. I'm on a grill, something like that. that. Sure. Is there anything that is a go-to for you? Uh-oh. It's time for the percolator. Background
0: I mean, music. Hold on. You, get, this, <laughs> you guys need to hear it. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator.
2: It's time for the percolator. I never heard this. It's time for
0: the percolator. Oh, it's time for the percolator. There, there, <laughs> are, there, are, there are multiple DJs that listen to this podcast that are going to go into like a weird nostalgic seizure <laughs> from the amount of times that we used to have to hear that fucking song. If you song.
2: played that without remark, I would think that it was like a remix of that video of the girl falling through the table <laughs> and that someone God. made that song... To lay over the video, the age of the internet, man. Yeah. The timelines break get glass, all layered hey, and shit. I just want to say, kids, break through glass ceilings, not glass floors. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> the more you know. Trademark, baby. trademark that shit right now. <laughs> I'll make yeah, I'll make a T-shirt of her falling like with her hands <laughs> on her knees, falling through the glass. Ceiling. <laughs> Holy shit. There's our shirt of the oh week.
0: Oh my god, that fucking that song's like literally that song is probably twenty six years old.
2: How's that, that a song? song? It's just a it's like a sample of a no, dude's that voice. That was that was back That was, just the intro, that was back man. when that was it? Oh, that I was, just figured it was
0: that for like eleven minutes. Oh no, there's but it doesn't get a whole lot more different than that. <laughs> are there lyrics? That was back no Those that's, are it. That's, that's it. That's the lyrics. That's Those it. are that's lyrics. That's lyrics. <laughs> well, that was back when you had a division in nightlife where at that time you could go out for a hip-hop show or you could go out for like uh, like a, a disco house show or you could go out for like hard club techno music. And a lot of that stuff was built around really, really repetitive aggressive loops with little vocals that would drop in and stuff like that. And that song, for whatever reason, it crossed over into the mainstream, I think just because it's so completely ridiculous but I it's one of those yeah. things that like I feel like I'm like an old guy on the porch, like you don't know what it was like. There, yeah. there was back not, in my day there was not Poor a man night. club. That was whatever the preclude club. <laughs> what, yeah, whatever the precursor was <laughs> whatever the precursor was to twerking, that is what that song <laughs> would induce. It was just like for whatever. Dude,
2: you remember doing the Obama thumb and you're like, the precursor to twerking? (laughs) Oh, no. It's like hyper analytical. It's like something on CNN. (laughs) Listen, uh,
0: the precursor to things like twerking would be something uh, like the percolator it's a precursor to twerking it would immediately happen And like
2: man yells at and, club
0: and <laughs> what you would see i will never forget this at Gators nightclub and at Tropics with 2X's what hey. you would see is as soon as that song came on every girl would move away from like whatever dude they were dancing with and would just like kind of start like popping it and then it was <laughs> at one point the the song's the, the like the sound the percussive sound sample is like the sound of like popping bubbles like like that's literally like what's going on and <laughs> So oh it was the uh, it was the awkward
2: segue between uh, Pee Wee Herman with his hands on his knees and twerking.
0: Kind of. Yes, like <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. At least in Minnesota, and it's it's weird thinking about because this is such a weird time in music, because it was before the internet took over music and everybody had access to everything. So it was just like whatever started to hit in a city, every DJ would find the record and just start playing it. Like that was that was where we were at at that point, and. Holy fuck! I can't believe we're talking about this at a coffee. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> oh, if you anyway, came here to, hey, to talk about percolating, you came to the right place. I'll, I'll just, I'll just tell you: just look this shit up, and then look up on YouTube, look on videos of the percolator, and you will find like every now and then when somebody with like a VHS camera in the fucking club, and you'll see it. it that's I, I don't know how better to describe that that dance, but the percolator was literally just making your butt pop kind of the same way that like bubbles in a percolator. Go. And that was that was what everybody did. And, then, and if there then there are people of a certain age out there who are like, holy fuck, dude, hell yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of other people that are younger than us, they're like, what the fuck are you talking
2: about? Oh my God.
0: But it's, it was a thing. And it was very short lived. But every now and then, like, that was one of those ones that I would have in my back pocket when I was DJing, where it was like, I'd look out at the crowd, especially at like a wedding, when the old folks had left mm-hmm. and there was a group of people that were similarly aged for me. It was like, I'm going to play a little chunk of it. And if it hits, we're going to let it go. And if it doesn't, we're going to get just the fuck out because there's no lyrics. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about it. You can play it for 14 seconds and then cut into something else. And, right. oh, I don't know what you were talking about. The, that was just the end of that song. I'm going gonna have to have to sample lighter. that now. The twerk later. <laughs> the yeah. twerk later. Oh, there's already somebody working on that right now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know Shit. there is. Shit. <laughs> I'm going to send that to my buddy right now. He's going to work <laughs> <There> on that. There you <laughs> go. The twerk on that oh my god or that's the name of like a dope new coffee drink could be <laughs> fucking name or a new mixtape there it is we'll see
2: jay oh my god <laughs> sorry we died dressed considerably we'll about the twerker later <laughs> uh, so back to a, back that, to a meal yeah. yeah do you have a signature <laughs> dish i'm
1: so fucking thrown off guard now um <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> um i really like cooking breakfast that's kind of like my favorite thing to make Love it. Um, hell um yeah. you know i also i also get up just ungodly early every day i'm probably well i don't sleep i'm an insomniac so i never sleep but even when i do sleep i am not in bed after 4 a.m ever 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 even on my days off i just i'm up sure. i gotta i gotta get up i gotta do stuff So I'm always making breakfast like Mm. every day. Um, It's just a simple hash or doing hash browns and then maybe uh, making them loaded with some mushrooms and green peppers and cheese and stuff. I really like doing that because it's simple. It's easy. um, But you can make a simple dish like that really memorable to someone who just never has breakfast. Um, Probably the number one thing I cook, though, is just rice and veggies, And that's because I can make lunches for the whole week with one dinner. So just making like a stir fry of whatever vegetables I'm craving at the moment, just loading it up with veg. I mean, my whole cast iron skillet is just loaded about an inch over the rim with (laughs) veggies and then I steam them down and toss them up I don't usually use sauces I just kind of like to throw different oils and spices and yep. seasonings in but when I do use a sauce it's usually a teriyaki base and then I just kind of build from there but I really like to just make my own sauces yep. and it, they're never recipes it's just sure. yep. whatever the fuck I have access to yep. and shout out to Penzies for oh, the being best. the dopest spot we on are, the planet we bring it up a lot don't we stand, wow stand for wow Chi code. Man. chi code. Oh, for real. I mean, it's not even that unreasonably priced. Nope. If no. No. I think
2: bulk discount. Yeah. You don't know about until so you buy four bags of something. You're like, oh, right. cool. You get 30% off. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm saying. i to go
0: get two more. What? I'm saying. We've talked about this, and I don't want to go in depth on this, but you know, that's, you know that <laughs> smell? You? You what, yeah. You know that smell <laughs> when you walk into a coffee shop and yep. you're like, oh, my God, they're making good shit? Yep. I lived on the fourth floor above Spice World where Penzi started. Sure. And every morning when they oh, were grinding spices, like man. I would give anything to just bottle that scent <laughs> and bring it to Minneapolis. Yeah, that, that don't probably to
2: added two hundred fifty dollars to your rent. Or even small. No, the funny part was spices. No, no, no. The, the funny time. part was because it was it was, a bad thing? it was in Milwaukee, so that yeah. was actually
0: why it was so cheap. Because people didn't want to have to smell that every day. Oh man! I've I'd be huffing to, it. I learned what I learned what to cook because I would go downstairs and say, Ooh. "What are you making right now?" Right. Like, like what are you grinding? And then yeah. they'd be like, "Oh, it's a little bit of this." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I need to buy that." And then I'm going to go figure out. Yeah, what let the me fuck get a bag. <laughs> I'm have to go <laughs> sprinkle that on the bolognese I'm working on upstairs. <laughs> but that's. I mean, you're right. Like, it's getting quality ingredients and putting them on top of other quality mm-hmm. ingredients, and you'll find like an entirely new vision of what the food is that you like. Like that's, I think that's a huge thing was for, for me and I'm not speaking for Charles, but like for me to learn how to wean myself off of, of bottled sauces and whatnot. Like now, once you do that enough times, you can start to see through the matrix and you look at your cupboards and you're like, Oh, I'm going to make, I have three pounds of veggies and I have a little bit of this. Like I've been trying to do the three pounds or three to one for protein and starch. So three parts, veggies, and then one part, starch, one part, meat or protein. And doing that, you look at all, like, what do you got? And then you go, okay, well, what do I have that I want to, like, use on that? Right. And when you build that together, it's also, for me, it's more satisfying because you're like, oh, shit, Like <laughs> I made this custom spice blend. Now can I cross my fingers and remember what I did, <laughs> which is also tough because yeah. when you hit something dope, when you've just been kind of riffing and then you're like, this is really good. Wait, what did I do? Okay, let's look back at like... What bottles do I have out? What i what jars do I have out?
1: <laughs> See, I, I have... So my kitchen is set up really weird because I've got this island that's right by the back door and that's where the stove is, but there's a nice uh, section of counter all around it on three sides. Um, and then I've got my other counter to the left and that's where I keep my daily driver spices. So I have about... I have about 18 jars of spices yeah. that are on that counter, and that's kind of take any of any five from here and put them in there, and it's going to be dope, whatever yeah. it is. So yes. that's kind of what I keep over there, and I don't ever keep recipes unless I'm baking. If I'm baking, yeah. that's different because that's it. a fucking science. Unless you're know? an expert. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a science. That's a totally different realm. But when I'm just cooking, I just a little bit of this and uh, – what fuck it maybe a couple more sprinkles right. of that you yeah, know why like, don't we try yeah. some of this yeah it might not work, but it i've never even heard this. of this spice before but fuck it let's put a teaspoon of it mm-hmm. and yeah. see what happens you you know? Like, hey, <laughs> yeah it <laughs> smells pretty good fuck it i could use a teaspoon harissa i've never cooked with harissa i'm to fucking put it in there you know yeah, always use and, some harissa yeah well Ooh. now that's one of my favorites yeah I, but i had never heard of it until i you know i'd say about Two years ago was the first time I came across that in the store. And I did I couldn't I couldn't read it. It was in I think it was in Italian. I think I got it oh, from really? this uh, Italian market. Ooh. And it was in it, ah. it was all in Italian, but it had a pepper on it and it looked like a paste. And I was like, well, alright. Cool, and I just put it in some stuff, <laughs> and it was great. And then yeah. I looked it up, and I saw that it was harissa. It is harissa. And then I was oh, like,
2: okay. Oh shit! Italian. Your first experience with harissa was Italian. Yeah, harissa. that's pretty. That's, yeah. Wild. that's pretty dope. Yeah, it was pretty good. That's <laughs> awesome. why I love cooking. It's yeah.
1: it's an experience, just like just like coffee, just like anything. It's more than just the thing.
2: So I think your it's answer experience. would be that you would just like experiment. Yeah, is that kind of your Ooh. vibe? Is it if you're cooking for someone, you're just like, well, gonna, if
1: I was if I was cooking to impress somebody, yes. I would probably go with breakfast just okay. because mm-hmm. I know how to do that well and sure. I I know what that looks like on a quality scale. But if I'm just cooking for myself or just casually with a friend over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're like pick a protein. Yeah. Kind of thing. Just probably like right. pick a protein, whatever. Let's go with that. Chicken, okay, cool. You want pasta or you want rice or you want Neither, and then we kind of go with that, and just For go sure. down the street to the co-op. I live right by Mississippi Market, so cool. you know I can just run in there. The place it. is fantastic. Oh, it's great! Too. It's great. Shout out to
0: everybody working there. Like,
2: Absolutely, oh, I love that it's, place. Yeah, it's it's always nice also to be near to uh, a food source like that mm-hmm. because unfortunately a lot of people don't have ready access to right. food, so it's an absolute blessing to be able to say. Hey, there's a couple things I need. I can just run down the street to get it. So we're fortunate. We're all fortunate to live mm-hmm. near to some sources of food where you could say, I mean, I got these three things in my fridge. I know I'm going to use, but I could use some like sunchokes and some basil and mm-hmm. some Marissa and you can literally, head to the store. That. that's such a cool amenity. It is that, uh, you know, depending on where you live, you mm-hmm. do or don't have access to something like that, but that's a major amenity. Yeah. The opportunity it's one to be able I do, to do not that. take for granted for sure. I used to. I do not anymore. Hell yeah, that's I mean, fucking
0: awesome, Charles. I feel like uh, I feel like you have something.
2: <laughs> well, you you had previously asked a question about uh, like signature recipes, uh-huh. and I brought up the that that halibut, roasted halibut uh-huh. that I do with. Um, I make my own like primavera red sauce with capers in it, and I make polenta cakes and put like basil on it. Like that's that's used to be one of my that was like a f- third date kind of situation where I was like <laughs> check it out and it's like light enough where you're not like making someone feel that they, like they can't eat in front of you yeah <laughs> Oh that's but, always my goal man yeah yeah, yeah. let's get messy let's together let's, sloppy. yeah let's that's stuff <laughs> <tough> to do <laughs> on a third date you're definitely leaving yeah i don't have to worry about that shit anymore <laughs> but uh Right alongside that, I, <laughs> I love to make pasta. Uh, I don't always make this pasta, but it is my favorite pasta form. I also made a note that that'll be a future question. What's your favorite pasta form? Because mm-hmm. there's so many fucking ways oh, you can with that. But Garganelli is my favorite. I yeah. love Garganelli. I've never even heard of that. It's like a rolled tube, and it kind of like overlaps itself, mm-hmm. and it's got these tiny rivets around it. Hmm. It's a really beautiful, fancy, hard-to-find pasta. How do you spell that? Uh, Oh, boy. Here we go. (laughs) Garganelli. I believe it's G-A-R-G-A-N-E-L-L-I. I think it's two L's. Garganelli. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, it's fantastic. There are not a lot of places to get it prepackaged, which is why it's nice if you can make your own. But it takes a lot of time, and you have to have the little board. Did I spell it right? Yep. Dope. there's a little board that you uh use to roll it and then or you can use a fork either sure. and then fold it over on itself so it encloses by the fold that goes over the top. <clears throat> That's my favorite pasta. So what I do is I make an adult mac and cheese, even mm. though adults mac and cheese in every form can be for you as well. You don't <laughs> need a permission slip anymore. You're an adult. You can eat that craft, you can do whatever you want. But what I do is I take a wheel of really ripe brie or camembert and I cut, I perforate uh, the top and I put it in. I have a baking dish just for wheels of like soft cheeses. And then I put rosemary and fresh cracked pepper on the top and I put it under the broiler and broil it until it bubbles. I cook uh, or I boil water, pasta water. I throw a ton of salt in there. I throw in a bunch of spinach, let that wilt up, and then I throw the garganelli in. I drain it. Most of the spinach is still intact. That's the healthy portion of the equation. And then what I do is after it's drained, I uh take, I spoon out all that runny cheese over the garganelli. Toss that all together. A little bit of spinach to make it healthy, of course. <laughs> Hit it with some acid, like a little bit of lemon. You can roast some lemon if you want alongside the, the uh, the brie if you'd like, or use like a fancy vinegar. And then you can serve that with a protein. You know, you could do a real beautiful steak. You could do scallops. Mm-hmm. It's it's flexible. You could do any protein. You could do chicken, whatever you want, like that, or you could do just by itself, just a big bowl of that. Someone dips into that. And they, they'll look at you like you're that genie smoking a cigarette outside a Sample Room. <laughs> I'm already just, looking don't at you like what that, and doing. I haven't tasted it They're like, it, wait yeah. a second. How is it that this is like mac and cheese, but with like, is this brie? Yep. What is this? Is it? And of course, it's not going to have the same consistency. It's not going to be like that perfect nope. coated creaminess. You're mostly, you're not tossing it. You're drizzling it over the top. But if it's hot and bubbly and it's like seeping through every pore of the Garganelli and you have a little bit of the rosemary that was on top kind of crinkled, yeah. falling through, you see the little curls of the wilted spinach, you squeeze over a little lemon, it is it is so satisfying. and And that's – if I want to impress somebody – that dish is always gonna like make someone be like, "Oh, dude, what is that?" Because it's pretty fucking simple, yep. especially if you buy a box of garganelli and you do that start to finish. That dish takes a half hour. It is not hard work, but what you get people with with that dish is that they're not accustomed to it because it's. I haven't found it at a restaurant or anything. I don't even remember where I. I read I read it somewhere. It was like the New Yorker or something. I don't remember where I picked that up. Maybe uh, sorry, New York Times, something like that. Where I picked up uh, something akin to that. It was very similar, and then I kind of made it my own. And then I was like, dude, this is this is really satisfying. Very simple. Get yourself a bottle of bubbles you're you're ready to party anybody would love to oh, to have that and
0: it's I'm so hungry now. hey it's vegetarian
2: too you know it's not vegan yeah. but it is vegetarian if you have someone who's not a meat eater
0: well, that's fantastic I'm- yeah mine is uh weirdly i mean slightly not weirdly similar but slightly similar um i had a recipe it's actually the first recipe that i ever saved when i started like making recipes for things that i make because mm-hmm. i i I had this problem where like I would make a thing and then I would completely forget what I did. And then somebody would be like, Hey, will you make that again? I'm like, I don't even remember what we were doing. <laughs> I'll approximate it. Yeah. Like and like, of- <laughs> and as an extrovert, like that's my favorite thing is being able to like, Oh, you like the thing that I did. I'll do that again. Like, here we go. So I started a recipe box and the very, very first recipe I had honestly forgotten about. And an old friend of mine, Sarah Sundall uh, is an incredible uh, videographer and photographer and she tagged me in a post on Instagram and she was like, I uh, broke out an old recipe from an old friend. Quaminis gave me this recipe like years ago. I think like she was like turning 21 and I had made it for her one night when her and her boyfriend, no husband had come over mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's rigatoni. Uh, just cook that al dente and then um, take hot Italian sausage, cook that, take the sausage out, cook um red bell peppers or roasted red peppers if you want to be faster but cook bell peppers and onions in that spicy sausage uh, pan then add in some chopped up sun-dried tomatoes add in um, some heavy cream and some parm and let that simmer until the cream turns like a nice rosé and it'll take on all the color from that it'll take on all that sweetness from the peppers to get some acid from the tomatoes, you can do a little lemon zest in there. Add the sausage back in and then toss the whole thing together and serve it with some like, crusty bread. And it was it was like it was comfort food. It was amazing. But like when when I made it for my now wife for the first time, I remember like I thought this was going to be a romantic thing, but it pairs great. You can go white wine with it. I love it with like a nice fruity jammy red. And after like comfort meal like that with bread and pasta and wine mm-hmm. we were like oh, let's just watch a movie and go to bed <laughs> 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 I kind of accidentally killed the romance <laughs> with mm-hmm. the extravagance there you know what we call that? I, TFTF <laughs>
2: too, too fat to fuck? <laughs> <That's> close <laughs> too full oh that's fair <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, almost fell perfect. over.
0: CJ, that would have been perfect oh, if you told me later. We could just tell people yeah, I that fell over. Yeah, that was probably over. missing a fucking wheel. <laughs> but yeah, like, that's... Again, It was, oh, it was... Shit. It was giving somebody, like, literally something that will stick to the inside of your ribs. Saying, yeah. like, hey, I went somewhere and somebody fed me and I feel nourished and I feel full and I feel comfortable and now I just want to like sink into this couch and like watch a dope movie or listen to some good music Mm -hmm. and that's always that's always where my head goes is like what's going to make everybody feel like they're at home and that's what I dig and honestly I feel the same way I've never thought about it but like breakfast does that too Mm -hmm. like the when we when we travel and we rent like an Airbnb I always go to the grocery store because like I'll hit some local restaurants but like I like starting my day with something that we cooked in the house because for me, that's like, okay, mm-hmm. like we've made something together. Now let's go out together. CJ, right. yeah, and- that's
2: a reason one of the instantly came to mind. A reason I love your answer is because the meal that makes me happy is this breakfast. Ooh. And I don't eat breakfast except for on the weekends after a heavy night of drinking. Yeah. I'm so satisfied by, you know, you want carbs and you want fat. That's mm-hmm. what your body's asking for it just that makes me happy i i love eating dinner i don't love lunch i'll say straight up i don't even eat lunch most of the time but i love eating dinner but it's more like a take it in experience like mm, this is cool yeah what else do we got coming Breakfast when I know I'm having like a really good breakfast, I'm like, mm, 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 Yep, here come the hash browns, yep. here come the eggs. That's right, you know, like that's right, doing like a little yeah. dance. I guess, where's the hot sauce? Where's the you know, like you're just splashing stuff around. You got to prepare it if you're like a farmer's breakfast. You know, mm-hmm. I cut up the runny eggs and I make sure it's on everything, that's right. and then I got the hashies, and I'm like, ooh, ooh did I? Make sure. It, okay, put the put the cheese on it. For those like of you out ketchup, there listening, by like, the way,
0: uh, the dance that he did for the breakfast <laughs> would work perfectly with the percolator mm. when you listen to that song after this. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> the percolator. Yeah. Back in the day,
1: uh, my my parents' house was always kind of the refuge for lost children. Me and all seven of my friends would be at my... It was the safe place. It Mm -hmm. was the place that everybody crashed for the night before we went to school the next morning, you know? And that's something that the older I get, the more I appreciate the fact that my parents put up with me and all my bullshit for so long, but especially just the thought of having fucking seven teenage boys in your basement, (laughs) like, five nights a week. What the fuck? Mm. What the fuck? But my parents are amazing and they not only tolerated but encouraged it because they knew that it was a place that we would all be in one place and safe for that night you know and after all the things that have happened in the last year and a half it really i'm not going to get all sentimental about it but i appreciate that so much um and that's where i really grew my love for cooking breakfast because hash browns homemade hash browns with, you know, potatoes on the cheese grater. That was always my specialty. I would be up before anybody before my parents just getting shit ready in the kitchen and I would make breakfast for all of my all my friends and they had never like experienced cooking like that before like somebody making them hash browns and i loved it i was cooking for like three hours because you got to consider how how long yes exactly (laughs) all all grading that all by hand and then having having uh one pan cooked down to like a quarter pan and then that's enough for like a person and a half and then you got to just keep doing it but i loved it so
0: well but think think about like as we've talked about on this show before about how cooking is a form of love yeah like think about the amount of love that you gave to all of those friends. Absolutely, that maybe weren't getting that somewhere else. Like, even though
1: they're all a bunch of assholes, well, and they of didn't course. deserve it. You know,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so am I. Yet here I am. At the like, time, you
2: probably were treating it like sustenance. You didn't yeah. even realize that like, yeah. the yeah. emotional significance of it. Now you're thinking back on it, and it's making you emotional because you're thinking like that was meaningful. Yeah. You know, your, right. your shared experience with them, the fact that your parents are so incredible and allowed them to be in that space Mm -hmm. with you and then you up fucking grating potatoes by hand. Guess what? Almost nobody does that (laughs) because you can get the bags in the freezer at the grocery store. They're pretty good. But doing that yourself is a big deal. Yeah.
0: And to throw it out, you know, like I've, I've had ups and downs with my mother and it was just me and her growing up. And she always used to do that same thing. Like, Hey, if any of your friends ever need somewhere, like come on over holidays, invite them over, whatever. I'm 42 years old. And my mom still texts me that before Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and Christmas Hey, do you have any orphans that need somewhere to go? And I love the fact that I know she sees that the same way. Yeah. It's it, a meal's a meal, and you can get a meal anywhere. But when a meal is served with love, that love is what makes it special. Absolutely. And whether you know you're doing that or not, it's still an incredible thing. For I'm sure some of those dudes look back on that like Dude, that was amazing that he was up doing that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. think about that. Like there's so many things that mm-hmm. I didn't even notice or didn't even register at 16, 17. But that now I look back on and are, are kind of earth shaking to me. Right. And I think that's a really beautiful thing, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, cheers to you for being a loving human being. Oh, well, let's not take it that far. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charles, do you want to talk about the uh, the last dab, if you will, from this episode? Do
2: I? Uh, yeah, I got this U ball. Uh, it's a McGay Espadine. It's a Pachuga. And this Pachuga actually Mm-mm-mm. is. I will say this, not, this shouldn't be as cheap as it is because pachugas are now almost exclusively in excess of $100. This thing's like 60 bucks. I feel mm-hmm. like it has gotten cheaper, which is bizarre because I think the first bottle that I bought of this was nearing $100. I think sure. it was like ninety six ninety nine. This thing, when I purchased it today at um, uh, a shop here in Northeast Minneapolis called Stinson, who I adore. Ye-ye. Great people. Uh, it was, I think, like $58. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that doesn't seem right because these used to be mm-hmm. quite expensive. So, I, and I love this. This is the first Pachuga that I ever had. And uh, I'm happy to have more in my possession.
0: And I'm happy to share
2: some of this with you two, fine gentlemen. Do, you, gentle do men. you want to
0: speak to that style since we're telling people about it? Uh,
2: to Well, CJ, you look like you want to talk about Pachuga. Why don't you talk about Pachuga? Well, that
1: is actually my
2: favorite. Oh, favorite pachuga or your favorite mezcal? Ever favorite
1: mezcal? Ever yeah, that's the it's one that so I've good. had five bottles of Dude,
2: in my it's house. so good,
1: amazing. Yeah, yeah. Pachugas. Do you remember are it being more expensive?
2: I do. I think yeah. it was because it was at stores that typically would have a higher markup, perhaps. Yeah, because I don't, I don't if... think I've
1: ever paid ninety for it. I've definitely paid seventy for it. Okay, before I think the
2: first one I bought was like with taxes over a hundred.
1: Oh yeah, and I
2: think that was. Don't, I won't say where, but <laughs> okay, downtown <laughs> yeah, yeah, Minneapolis. Yeah,
1: I've definitely paid 70 72 right. something like yeah. that for it. Okay. And I think the last one I bought was about 61 So it's about yep. a $10, $11 variance. That's nice, though. Observed. You usually yeah.
2: would see that going the other direction, particularly with the popularity of yeah. Mezcal increasing. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about pachuga, or should I really quickly talk about it?
1: Well, what I was told in uh, in Oaxaca was essentially the style was it involved meat, mm-hmm. and Correct. they would take yeah. the meat and put it over the still and let the yes. vapors evaporate, and let the meat absorb it, and let the fat drip off into the the tank Correct. for the rest of the mezcal. And what they told what what they told us was pachugas were Celebratory mezcal. So they were brewed or distilled for quinceañeras and weddings and really, really significant celebrations like that. And because of that, they're much less common. And because it uses like meat, it's much less common because it's not something you're going to do in a giant still somewhere with giant rods full exactly. of fucking yeah. pork roast or whatever. Um, but. Yeah, the first time that I had pachuga was in Oaxaca, and I had a really, I guess, a, like, a really top-shelf version of it in one of the many flights that I had, and when the guy told me, pick out the one that has meat in it. was like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And it happened to be my favorite one on the flight. And that's when I got the whole whole backstory of it and how it's not common, especially in the States. They don't like to export quality mezcal because it's very cultural and very spiritual to them.
0: Well, and pretty much everything else that they've Done that to the states. We've ruined right. completely. Whether we're talking You're like, about, fuck like, it, you take tequila, yeah. mezcal. Is, we're gonna keep we're that keeping here. that here. Yeah. Well, and and uh so I was supposed to be at the mezcal festival in Oaxaca in 2020, mm. and my wife and I obviously that festival got canceled. We couldn't travel, and so I'm still waiting. But in my research for that, it was usually traditionally uh chickens or turkeys yep. was what I had been told, and then yeah, yes. you let that all drip back down and then that adds just a depth of flavor mm-hmm. and there's like always- they always
2: specify too because mm. there's so many now there's so many and, and there are a, a lot of different proteins that they use this is one of the only pachugas that does not specify mm. there is however an illustration of a bird on it so yeah. it's either chicken or turkey or both but it says pachuga and fruits because mm. they always also have other yep. things hung by the fire you can you can absolutely identify the difference. Sorry, sorry, Quam, I don't mean to no. but when you taste one of these, you're like mm, meats. Yep. So also, if you're a vegan listening to this, don't drink Pechuga. If you see when you, if you drink mezcal, look at the label. If it says P E C H U G A, don't consume it because it does contain uh, animal byproducts.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's it. That was all I was going to say is I love the fact that you get the depth that, sort of unctuous depth that you get from fat like when you make a matzo ball with schmaltz versus just regular matzo ball minus that there's a different it's like a different mouthfeel that comes with that yeah it's so unique yeah and it's it's i i understand why it's more expensive because of the process but i also feel that way about the quality of it yeah that i have yet to have one of those that i didn't fall in love with immediately
2: absolutely Yeah, I I have had pachugas that I don't love, but that's uh, comparative to other pachugas. I will say this if you live in the Twin Cities or you're planning to travel here at any point in the near or distant future, uh, there's a place called Centro Mm -hmm. in Northeast Minneapolis. They were one of the first places in the Twin Cities to have a decent selection of agaves. They now have a sidebar that is in the back behind their cafe. That is, It used to be the private room for private events or or private parties to dine. It is now a very small agave bar called Escondido. And their agave selection, perhaps in the Midwest, is second to none. Mm -hmm. I haven't been anywhere in the Midwest that has an agave selection like this. The Portugal selection isn't like mind-blowing, but they have a... I think the last time Marnie took me there... Thanks, Marnie. There was like 14 or 15 of them. But the agaves from different regions, and they're all called different things. You'll learn everything from, from the dude who curates it. I wish I could think of his name. Taylor?
0: That sounds right.
2: We want to get him on the program. He... He has a encyclopedic knowledge of, of agaves, but he can tell you why they call them particular things like aspadine. Why you know? Why is it a pachuga? Why is Ari it a maguey? Quidditch. Where does it come from? Why this area can call it that? This area can't call that. And then there's like you pull out all these notes of funkiness and corn and fruit and sweetness and animal fat. I would highly recommend going somewhere like that and going through that educational process to refer back to the coffee conversation mm-hmm. to understand what you're consuming. And if you want to take the bonias and sip it, go ahead. But if you want to take the bañez and you want to make a mezcal mark, go ahead. Fuck yeah.
0: Fuck Let's it. Let's drink it. Let's see We shot a pachuga. Salud.
2: Salud. Oh my God.
0: It even just smells incredible. Mmm.
2: Stuff's not really made to shoot, but I did it anyways. Mm. Yeah, you get that. It's not just smoke. It's layered with those flavors of, you get like the the tinge of like meat roastiness, something inexplicable. And if you'd have this unabated by conversation or education where someone is explaining to you that, well, here's what's at play here. You would just say like, wow, that's a very interesting mezcal. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you are are led to understand the process of production of the pachuga,
0: then it it leads you to to understand what it is that's contained within that. Which... Even even the bouquet afterwards mm-hmm. is there's so many different like hints of what's going on in there. The sweet note is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Man, this stuff is just wonderful. And one thing I will also say about mezcal is my
1: first night in Oaxaca. Mm-hmm. We, How long ago was this now? This was 2019, October okay. 2019. Um, we were we we flew in, and it took us about an hour and a half to drive 12 blocks because it was Day of the Dead weekend, or like a week before Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So just every everybody's there, people are gathering. For, all, yeah, already parties <laughs> in the streets, marching bands for everything. Um, but we got to the hotel, and it's probably. <laughs> 11 o'clock and you know there's no way we're gonna turn in for the night with all this stuff happening we're in the middle of downtown mohaka we can walk to everywhere yeah so we go and we go to this mezcal bar on a rooftop hang out with these guys for a while there's a grill going with with uh, chorizo and all kinds of stuff and we go back cool. down and we're walking back towards our hotel, but then we, of course, get distracted, stop off for some food, and then we're like, "Okay, it's almost midnight. We should really." So then we go to, go to the hotel, and and uh, we stop off one block before and go to this little mezcal bar, and it's probably no bigger than the room that we're sitting in right now, including the bar. But there are over. 150 bottles, and Whoa. they're all just the same color tinted blue glass with labels that are handwritten on. Yes, so was, I don't know if it was like a if it was a local distilled mezcal or if it was a whole bunch of stuff that they just kind of brought in and then bottled up, or they went to particular farms and got one bottle or two bottles. Yeah, but they were all handwritten on. There were no labels, and you could buy some. It was our first day of two weeks, so I wasn't going to buy any that day because it wouldn't make it home. Um, (laughs) But the guys were giving us flights and giving us all these samples and stuff. And it was probably right around 2 in the morning when I was like, okay, I got to turn in. I got to go back (laughs) because... I'm going to be so hungover tomorrow and I have a 5 or 6 hour drive up into the hills to yeah. go see coffee farms. So yeah. I'm already going to regret it, but if I have any more I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I'm here on business, right? <laughs> I'm on a work trip. Like I'm working here, so I can't not go. I can't stay in Oaxaca as much as I'd love to. Oaxaca City. Um and the guy behind the counter was like, "Oh, man, don't worry about it. Have one more mezcal doesn't give you hangovers." And I thought this guy was just trying to get the stupid American to stay and spend more money. Yeah. And like a stupid American, I was like, oh, okay, fuck it, whatever, I'll have one more. Okay. <laughs> um, not once on that entire trip of two weeks did I have a hangover. Okay. Not once. That's amazing. Dude, And I drank my body weight in Mezcal. Do you ordinarily I, get
2: hangovers from when i
1: drink more than seven or eight drinks in a night of hard alcohol yeah in particular if i if i were to have like eight shots of whiskey over a three hour period Mm -hmm. at night and then go to bed i would wake up and feel like a bag of shit absolutely it might not be crippling but it would be present (laughs) okay and not once drinking exclusively mezcal and local beers did i wake up feeling like shit
2: does that transfer here when you drink mezcal here no. You, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> no, it
1: doesn't. Okay. And I thought it did the first time uh-huh. I got that bottle right there that we're uh-huh. sipping right now. I drank about a, mm. I drank about a third of that bottle by myself the first night I had it. Okay. And I guess I was having some other stuff earlier in the and day, like but not a that night.
2: Ninety-six proof bottle. So yeah. So
1: I was, I was feeling it. Mm-hmm. I woke up the next morning very confident that I was just gonna. Ready for the day? I didn't do shit that morning. (laughs) I I made my breakfast, you know. I I I got a little in my system, and then I I, yeah, I went. I went about my morning on the couch.
2: (laughs) CJ, that was a delightful segue. (laughs) Fuck yeah! Question number six:
0: The final.
2: Uh, You are obviously one intrepid young man. So my question to you is what adventure are you planning to take next? Hmm. What adventure am I planning to take next? Business, pleasure, or both, which you're probably want to do. I'm I'm the same I'm that's kind of my modus operandi is business and pleasure. Why not? If you can knock out both, right. then right. knock out both. But it could be pleasure, it could be business, or it could be both. Yeah. Well,
1: it's definitely going to involve coffee. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you got more to see. Yes. Yes. A lot and more to see. That's, that's kind of, you know, I've always had a hard time kind of accepting compliments. I've always had a hard time accepting myself saying that I'm doing well. You know, it feels, it feels wrong for me to, acknowledge imposter success. Syndrome. Exactly. Yes, yep. exactly. Very common. I'm not even 30 yet and I've, done all these things and it's it's hard for me to to look back and say you're fucking killing it man you know it's it's hard for me to say that even though i feel it i do um i'm getting better at that but i i feel like my next move is or my next adventure is going to be another origin trip and it's going to be seeking out and forging a new relationship with a farmer somewhere I am big on direct relationship coffees um a lot of people like to buy coffees their own way you know some people buy coffees exclusively on score what the importer scores if it's a 90 or above I got it I'll buy it wherever it comes from whatever it costs and those win awards absolutely that's that's the way they do things it works for them um I like relationship coffees because I'm a big fan of being able to say year after year, crop after crop, we gave X amount of money to this farmer. And I've been there and I've seen their farm and I know Mm -hmm. that with the money that they make from this, they're building a house for their parents or they're building a school in their community. Did you do Costa Rica? No,
2: I have not. Because it was um, a Finca Sabanilla, was it? that Op had a relationship with? I might be. I might have that wrong. Maybe but that might have been just prior. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I was, it was a similar situation it was the um. It's the all women, farmed and produced coffee in Costa Rica. Because Cafe Femenino is Peru. Oh, you're right. Femenino. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm thinking of. That was no, my was first order. Well, Sabanilla must be. In, Sabanilla might be, in. Costa rica sure that's the one i'm thinking of though. yep cafe you're yep. yep. that was oh, my I'm first understand. origin i knew that because I, I was like yeah. i knew you went to this trip that i was thinking of yeah and December 2018. spectacular yeah and that's a, a such a worthy cause absolutely for that like micro lot super small mm-hmm. producer so is that like a was that a, a personal relationship sort of a situation with up coffee yes yeah yep. it had to have been and because i don't I don't remember ever seeing Feminino anywhere else. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's in a lot of places. Is it um, now? Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't. So that's the thing about people who roast coffee is they can choose to advertise it however they want. So if it – and Café Feminino is a foundation, and they have farms in multiple countries. So they have Colombia. They have Guatemala. They have Peru. They probably have Mexico. Um I'm not, I'm not familiar with exactly every country that they're in, but they have farm, farms that they work with in multiple countries, but it's always women-owned and produced farms. And that's the whole mission. That's the whole vision behind that foundation. Um, but when they sell green coffee to a roaster, they can say that that roaster can just be like, yeah, we got this great lot from Peru. That's all mm-hmm. they have to say. I mean you don't have to mm-hmm. say anything beyond that of because course. you're trying to sell this product so are you trying to sell the product yeah, or are you trying to sell yourself yes. you know that's kind of the way that I approach it
2: I mean there's a lot of roasters that I did cuz I'm a big and I I haven't brought this up but I would like to bring it up my big and you know this as well CJ uh fair trade mm-hmm. person yep and whether that manifests as you don't want to get the licensing and you want to use, like, the Rainforest Alliance or you want to have that personal relationship where it is directly sourced due to relationships, that's incredibly important to Mm me. So sometimes when... It's not a matter of having to disclose all the information sometimes. Sometimes it's a matter of, why are you being so discreet? Is it because this is some, like, bullshit commodified coffee? Mm -hmm. So I do prefer to know more. Not just for the purposes of understanding the people who produced it, which is very important, but also so I know that you're above board. Because if you're charging me twenty two dollars for a ten ounce bag, and it just says Costa Rica, right? I'm like, excuse me, yeah. Why is this twenty two dollars? Exactly. Explain exactly. Right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to digress.
1: Oh, no, good. I mean, I feel I feel the same way. I don't, uh, and that's that's definitely got me in some disagreements with some of my colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, just that but I don't care I don't care um I understand that I'm young I understand that I haven't been doing this for as long as a lot of people I understand that but I have a specific way that I like to do business and I like to do business with people in mind first and foremost because without the farmers at origin none of the rest of us exist in this industry without the hard work they do nothing I do matters um so I like to tell that story And I like to be able to know those farmers directly. And shit happens. All the time, shit happens. Just like your car breaks down and you can't make it to work on time that day. Shit happens, right? We're not Mm -hmm. all perfect. There are Mm -hmm. things outside of our control. Same thing, especially with agricultural products. Shit happens, especially right now. So when I have that relationship with the farmer and this year's crop is 20% less or scores five or six points lower than last year's, I'm still going to buy it because I know that shit happens. Mm -hmm. And I know that this farmer is going to make it right later. But me buying this now keeps them afloat, erases that worry from their mind of how am I going to feed myself this year and, you know, pay all my bills and keep on running my farm if the quality is lower and the output is less i'm still gonna pay the same amount and i'm still gonna buy what i committed to because i know you it's not about this product it's about this relationship so that's how i, I approach things and i feel like have... that yields better results for longevity it would be
0: such is... a better world if more people looked at it like that yeah you know i
2: agree yeah, I, I i I guess I never would have looked at it that way in terms of the benefits of having that type of a relationship, but that's major. Do you have a prospective locale that you're, that you have had in mind or that you have in mind currently that you would like to visit in terms of a, a next locale for building that type of a relationship? If you're going to relegate this to a, a business, which you can have fun too but if you're calling this business is there somewhere in mind that you would like to travel to
1: yeah there are well there are three places i would like to go to ethiopia um just right. for a bucket list if nothing yeah. else you know that's the birthplace of coffee and i've never been to god Africa, I, would love, and, so. and, I would love to go and on humans i mean that
2: too i would love to go on that trip yeah that me would- too that's, yeah. That's if smart. I
1: if I end up getting one together, I'll let you know, and we'll see if uh, we can make this a bigger, oh, bigger yeah. thing, because yeah. that would be dope.
2: What um, are your other two locales that you're... I would like to go
1: back to Mexico, because okay. there's so much good coffee there. Another region, it, you think, then? Um, that, I would probably start in Oaxaca again. Okay. I was actually supposed to be in Oaxaca right now, today, mm-hmm. um, but because I started this job and all Instead the things drinking that are going in on here. Yeah, now I'm sitting here drinking mescal. Right. It's funny. I didn't bro, bro, bro. I didn't think about that. Is Today is the bro, bro. day that I'm supposed to be on a plane, <laughs> but I had to cancel that trip for, for that reason. And okay. I was really bummed about it, but you know, I'm I'm going I'm going in March. So Beautiful. it's it's just going to be a little all bit in due longer. time. Yep. And You've then the third one would be Colombia. That's Okay. There's a specific group of farmers that I really want to make a connection with. They're a group okay. of Afro-Columbian farmers mm-hmm. that are in uh, uh, they're they're dealing with you know we we think of we think of racism in America as what it is. Uh, it exists all over it's the world, pervasive. Different Ooh. colored skin, well. yes, yeah, and yeah. that's something that I have not really. You know, I hadn't really considered until just a couple years ago when I really started diving into other. Well, when I first left the U.S. and went to another country mm-hmm. and then realized that that shit exists everywhere, unfortunately. Right. So there's a specific group of farmers that I've been trying to find a way to fly down and meet and okay. try. Because I've tried samples and they're really good. Um, you know, not 96 point coffees, but good coffees with a great story small uh, producer and, yes yep. yeah so that's kind of what i what i want my first trademark project to be with this new business and uh we'll see how that works out um I'm I'm being really vague for a reason because, <laughs> you know, I don't want to set all this stuff up and then just straight up not be able to for do sure. it and then have of everybody course. let down that I can't do it. But it's it's on my mind and
2: it's, it's what I want to do. We're so. also in an interesting time where no travel plan is totally certain exactly. anyways. So exactly. unless you had something where you're like about to book it or you knew you could book it when you were presented with this topic, it's <laughs> a little difficult to say. Yeah, I'm going to Ethiopia. Right, you know, it's not <laughs> as easy as it would have
0: been two years ago. Exactly to be able to declare that. <laughs> it's like a possible military genocide going on currently, but yeah. that's fine. We'll yeah, that yeah, it's gnarly everywhere, man. What I, I got to ask? So, uh, were you were you asking this question in pertains to coffee or just in general? No, like, what's just, your next adventure? It, it, uh,
2: yeah, I, I, and to you, I would I would say. Um, maybe something that we haven't already referred to, mm-hmm. because we do talk about potential travels and things mm-hmm. we want to do, like the Noma thing, and and you know various other trips that we had. Like I was supposed to go to Tokyo. So what mm-hmm. would you say, professional, personal? Otherwise, you were just in New York. You just had a beautiful trip with your beautiful wife.
0: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a like we're doing smaller trips right now because we're going places that we can kind of know what's going on and control it. We're still trying to be safe with all the COVID regulations. So trying to figure out how to navigate that is always also difficult. A lot of our international travel has been brutal, trying to figure out who's on what standard of, of quarantine and where are we at? So a lot of that has taken a back burner. Um, I will, I will say that my goal is that 12 months from now I will have been above the Arctic circle and seen the Northern lights uh, in Norway. Um, i've talked about this at length that there is it was supposed to be a 10th anniversary trip that is still being delayed sure uh and part of that was that i really wanted to get that far north but um closer in reference to coffee uh my wife and i were in columbia a few years ago and uh we happened to be there at the same time that somebody that we knew was visiting a farm and working on some coffee things and unfortunately due to where travel was at it just wouldn't have worked out we were there for a wedding and timing wise it just didn't work out but i have been spectacularly obsessed with the idea of going back and really getting to see as somebody who's been to coffee producing regions be it mexico costa rica or uh colombia but i've never been to an actual like Coffee farm, sure. And I would very, very much like to do that. And honestly, I don't care where I end up. I don't care uh, whether it's in Central or South America. I don't care if it's in Southeast Asia. Uh, or it's I'm going like,
2: to answer this for you. I think it's Oaxaca because you want. I mean, go to, cause you because you want to go to the mezcal <laughs> I festival. I do. I do. I do. I, do. So I think that you would end up killing. I n- I'm hoping that'll work out. One we'll have to
0: see. The the couple that we were going to go with can't go next year. So now the Oaxaca Mezcal Festival is now a couple years out. So we're, mm-hmm. we're working on it. It's a work in progress.
1: Well, you can have your own Mezcal Festival when you exactly.
0: go Oaxaca. Yeah. I mean, shit. It is not... a me- Oaxaca is a Mezcal yeah. Festival. It's <laughs> <right>. basically it. A... <laughs> was
2: for me. But, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: in, in the same way. Especially when you discovered you can't get a hangover here. just like, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, a weekend. Oh it, was a, it was a fucking wrap, man. It was over. <laughs> for me, like that's part of the reason that I want to get all the way up. To to Northern Norway though, is there's a there's a huge moonshine culture yeah. that exists up there, and that shit never gets out of Scandinavia. And I've had tastes of some things, but I feel like at this point, now getting all the way up there where I mean you're off you're off the grid. And to me, that's where I think I could find some like wild ass, cool ass shit.
2: That sounds you know, pretty cool. Like
0: I've I've haggled over a bottle of Bathtub gin from a bartender's mother in Iceland, and I will straight up say that that bottle of gin was top five favorite bottles of gin I've ever had. Oh no shit! So I feel like there's got to be when you, when you go. Did you to, sample it before you nope. haggle for it? Or you nope. How much was it? Let's uh, we we got Convert it, down, it. I got it down. I got it down. I got it down to the equivalent of about fifty five dollars. Oh, oh, so that's some real grandmas cranking out some good <laughs> shit. Dude, it was, it was,
2: it was wild. She, knew I what mean, she had too. She had her arms folded. That's right. Like, well, they
0: the the company has since taken since taken off, and it's doing very well. Like, they oh. sell that shit at the airport now, which drives me crazy. But at the time, <laughs> like it was still, they were still fucking pulling out. and it was fun. Like the bartender literally brought me behind the bar and we haggled like we 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 threw down about it mm-hmm. but there's in every culture <laughs> there are those things that hey we make this and we don't really give this away yeah. like we make mm-hmm. this just for us yep. and that's what every everywhere i travel that's what i love trying to find and outside of of morocco i've found one in every single country that i've been to and i just want to keep trying to push that so for me it's like well where can i go that's very very different from where I've been especially if that's like environmentally so to be able to go way above the 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 arctic circle and where all of the agriculture is different and all of the plants are different and the culture is wildly different because it's been so isolated I feel like there's gonna be there's gonna be gold in them nar hills you know there's (laughs) gotta be something up there that I'm gonna find that I think would be really cool and I've lived in Minnesota for most of my entire life and I've still never seen the fucking northern lights so I would also like to, to see that because I feel like uh, that's one for, for my heart. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that would be something cool. But uh, Charles, what about you? Where does the adventure... Wild
2: card. To? I'm going to flip this thing on its head because I want to go everywhere right now. going to say Detroit. Exactly. <laughs> <I> wanna- <laughs>
0: Which, honestly, I'm down.
2: I, uh, yeah, I want to I, I go everywhere. And uh, it's not a wanderlust thing. I'm not that guy. I do love to travel. I like to... I'm a, I'm a Michelin star fucker. That's kind of one of my favorite things to do is to pick up stars, never heard not just to collect term. them. It's just that, you know, I want to seek out um, critically acclaimed restaurants. It's something that I enjoy doing, but I'm f- going to flip this thing on its head and I'm going to say I turned 40 in a month and I can't decide where I want to go because I think I'm going to treat myself to a little solo adventure somewhere. Maybe uh, the week after my, my birthday proper, I might just like set off for. A week, ten days, something like that. I'm turning that on its head because I'm going to ask you two gentlemen to recommend locales for me to visit Ooh. if I get myself a trip for my 40th birthday.
1: Are we talking in the states or international? Doesn't matter. Same question <laughs> I was going to ask.
2: Doesn't matter, but my preference is out of country actually, because traveling within the country that's easy to do. Um, but I'm I'm thinking like something. You know, I'm not going to rent a castle. Like Benjamin Clum, fuck off. It's been Mentioned on thirty episodes <laughs> of this podcast, now thirty-one. But uh, I just to like go somewhere and just treat myself and probably collect some stars. I'll probably end up collecting five to seven stars.
0: It's it's really hard for me to not tell you to go somewhere in the countryside of France because the idea of every when you get away from the cities and you're going village to village in the middle of wine country, not only are you in wine country, you're also in uh, every village makes their own cheese, Mm -hmm. and every village makes their own bread in a different way. And there is something about that that I found impossible to not be moved by.
2: How would I do with practically no French?
0: I think you'd be all right. I mean, you you have a phone with, and as long Mm. as you were okay like stumbling through trying to pronounce that you're not going to find a ton of English speakers, but there are enough people that can work with you as a a tourist. Like I, I've fortunately do pretty well with languages and I remembered enough French that I could get by, but the people that were with us on that trip, like didn't have a whole lot of problems. You just sort of stumble through it and use a lot of, hand signals. So what uh,
2: what region of France would this be? I mean,
0: like like Burgundy. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. the that's the deepest history that you're going to find in wine. That's the the area where like Roman emperors wrote about that this is the finest wine on earth. There's just such a, a storied attachment to food and drink there that I think that it's hard not to fall in love with. I would say the same thing If you wanted to get into like central, well, actually really anywhere in Italy um, where you have thousands of years of recorded history of eating and cooking and drinking and everywhere you go, like from village to village and town to town, what you're supposed to eat and drink wildly changes. I think that that's spectacular. I will also put in, because I don't know where COVID restrictions are with everything, I will Mm -hmm. also put in the fact that um, Bogota, Colombia, is the most vibrant city I have ever been in on Earth. And that's a frequent traveler to New York and New Orleans and Paris. Bogota is wild. Bogota has a completely different vibe to the energy of humans on the street. And the fact that you can walk up and get fresh pressed juice on any corner and they'll ask you which of the nine varietals of oranges or the 12 varietals of fucking any other citrus fruit you want. Yeah. Like that. I didn't understand what orange juice was capable of until I went to Bogota. Exactly. You know, and um, it's a gorgeous city. It's filled with the dichotomy of the persecution of indigenous and darker skinned people and uh the lighter skinned uh european descent and you get to see it all because that all those cultures are still coexisting right now and so right. you get to see it, it was wild to me how open that dichotomy was mm-hmm. for everything where here in the states we try to suppress everything right uh, that could possibly make us look bad uh I'm right. saying us as a, a, a cis white giant male, um, but like I think, yeah. that a, I think that that's a I think that's it was an important thing to see that yeah. that like you said there are different forms of racism all over the world, and seeing how different cultures interact with that is is very very interesting, but I think that you would be hard pressed to find anywhere that has more options for amazing amazing like fresh fruit fresh vegetables uh crazy mixtures of all of the different cultures coming together with their food and then on top of it the fact that you have like fucking world-class coffee on every corner everywhere you look like i never saw any bullshit even the tinto was fucking fantastic Mm -hmm. you know that was better than any diner coffee that i've had right Mm -hmm. so i feel like uh There are direct flights to all of those places, and I don't feel like that would be that hard. The question would be, where are we at with COVID restrictions Mm -hmm. and quarantines? But uh, to you? I would suggest that you
1: go to Lima. And I know that there is a Michelin star restaurant, one of the top in the world, if I'm not mistaken, in Lima, Mm -hmm. that we actually tried to go to. But we didn't plan ahead and, of course, couldn't get a reservation. I've wanted to go to Peru for a very long time. I would recommend that. It's um, a
2: time of year situation, so that those do quali- the South American locales qualify on a level where I've been to Santiago, Chile, sure, but their summers are winter, our winters are summer, mm-hmm. and I have this interesting. Speaking of dichotomies, my wife is a Spanish teacher, wants to go to Spanish speaking countries like once a year. The unfortunate reality is when she has all of summer off, we can't go. It's like rain season; right. it's winter in in various parts of South America. So that's, I like that. I do like Colombia. I haven't researched a lot about Colombia, but so, uh, what else about Lima would be like a thing that you would recommend to seek out?
1: Um, well, the seafood, first of all, yeah. the ceviche. ceviche, holy fuck. I yeah, have never, Santiago is crazy. never and it's cause had of anything like that. That was wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I went there when I was at up with yes. David and yeah. we we almost never took a cab anywhere we walked yeah. everywhere so it was really cool to be able to walk from our hotel basically to the beach and then along the whole coast of the beach going through three or four different neighborhoods and before we knew it we realized we'd been walking for like three hours and went however many miles just without even thinking about it because yeah. it was so, it was so vibrant. It was so bright. The whole neighborhood change over it was, you could feel the difference in energy from um, one neighborhood to another. And the street food was amazing. Um The just looking at the beach cause Lima is kind of up. I mean, most of the city is kind of up from the beach. So it's kind okay. of like on a, I don't want to say like a cliffside but kind of like an elevated platform and then you go down and there's the beach so you can kind of walk up to the edge and look down and see the beach but you're not necessarily
2: which is where my condo is in lebanon oh sure he's from yeah Yeah, it's all vertical
1: yeah yep and that was also my first time out of the country so i was just floored by everything the markets the farmers markets all the fresh goods they have there um and What really fascinated me was the chocolate because I knew nothing about chocolate before I went to Peru. And I went to Peru in December of 2018. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Christmas around Christmas time. And it was like all the guys in the chocolate shop had these uh, like reindeer ears on and like Christmas themed (laughs) colors and shit. And I forgot that it was because I'm in it's it's 87 degrees outside. I forgot it was Christmas time. (laughs) <laughs> um, but they gave us the coolest fucking tour of this chocolate production place and just, like, all this information about it. It's very similar to coffee in the way that yeah, it's harvested perfect. and fermented Absolutely. and roasted mm-hmm. and ground, like, almost identical. It's kind of crazy. Um, but just the the wide range of chocolates that they have there that you can't find anywhere else in the world, that alone made it, like... A top five destination for me. So the the fresh seafood, the octopus, the ceviche, uh, the the access to the beach, basically along I mean along the coast of the whole country. You know you got the ocean there, and um, uh, the chocolate was just amazing. And one of my favorite sandwiches ever was at a place called La Lucha. I think David and I ate there about three times. And considering all the places that there are in Lima. Um, it was, it was some kind of, I had some kind of chicken sandwich and then I had some kind of pork sandwich. I don't even know what else they put on it. I I didn't even care. It was so good. Um, and then the, the papas fritas that they made that they had in the little, little white box, Mm. those thick, I mean, they were the thickest French fries I've ever seen. (laughs) They were so fucking thick and they were just so good. Perfectly crispy. Uh, yes, yeah, so there's something real special about Lima, so that awesome. that would be my suggestion. And I
2: know there are a lot of parallels between uh, Peruvian culture and uh, Santiago Chilean culture because mm-hmm. they have like the same uh, same vibe when it comes to the ceviches. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a reason I asked about the sandwich. I think the best sandwich I ever had in my life was in Santiago at this diner, this like world famous diner. It's all ladies. they're fucking yelling at you. It's not a gimmick. They're just yelling at you. And it was <laughs> it was like a it was like pork with like crazy melted cheese just draped all over it on a bun. I, and again i I also don't remember it might have been like avocado and tomato mm-hmm. on there, but it was just like this super juicy pork just draped in cheese. Some lady in like a 1950s diner lady smock is screaming at me as I'm taking a bite like, yeah, I don't understand. I'm sorry. Can I I enjoy the sandwich? What did I do? (laughs) So, yeah, it was shameful and delightful. Oh, and the pisco sours.
1: Yeah, and pisco sours. That was and the, sours, thing. That was the first thing that I ever with those
2: fucking limes. Uh, that you cannot get nope. in the United States. Nope. that's a game uh, changer.
0: Well, that's the same thing. Like in Colombia, it's it's rum drinks with mm-hmm. all these like different different diaspora of citrus that we can't get here. Yeah, and just making yeah. these incredible cocktails, and then walking around with like a mm. uh, like a Chinese food to go box just full of chicharrones tossed in oh, some uh. fresh chilies and like a little uh, vinegar and just like crushing it. Like I could never not want to do that. That's, mm-hmm. it's just incredible. on them. Of- I yep. thought I
1: hated papaya until I went to Colombia. Yes, yes. Because all I had was American papaya and I was like, this shit is fucking disgusting. Garbage. And then so, I got some at my little hotel in the middle of Planadas, Colombia and I was like, papaya. I don't want this oh. shit. But I'm also an American in a foreign country. I'm not going to waste anything that's mm-hmm. been given to me because that's a bad look. So I'm going right. to just power through it even yep. though I don't like it. Mm. It was the most delicious piece of fruit <laughs> yep, I've ever had yep, in my fucking it's, life. It's, for real. And our tour guides saw my reaction to that. So then the next morning, she like picked the papaya out of her bowl and then put it on a plate and then slid oh. it over to me. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, my, awesome. my
0: only experience previous to going to uh, Latin America with papaya was uh, grazed papaya in New York, like getting like the slushy that comes with like the New York dog. Mm. And the dog was great, but the papaya thing I was like this tastes like the color pink like this yeah. isn't what the fuck like why would anybody eat this how daily were your pupils when you said this oh my god like, <laughs> yeah. but like if you need another, it's like the color pink if you, again if you go have one I dare you go to Gray's papaya have one of those and tell me it doesn't taste like exactly what color it is Get but it. If, if in the states like if you need another fruit to make the fruit taste good then it's not good, and right. that's what our problem is. is mm, we're yep. not getting fresh shit. We're getting, like... underripe
1: the... shit that's going to ripen with
2: chemicals...
0: Exactly.
1: ...on the shipment. Or so
0: like, may, or sprayed may may with may ethylene and, like...
3: Yeah.
2: Like, I love cantaloupe, but I've been to Lebanon with people who don't like cantaloupe and then have cantaloupe in Lebanon, and they're like, this isn't cantaloupe. And I'm like, no, this is
0: cantaloupe. See, and I'm like, one of it.
1: those people, so I'm... I'm ready. I'm it's, ready to try totally
0: some different. Lebanese It's cantaloupe. totally different. Let's fucking do it. Let's go have some cantaloupes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, CJ, thank you so much. This has been thank absolutely you. wonderful. Um, yeah. where, where can people go to, if, if they're local here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, where can they go to uh, support the coffee shop?
1: So right now we are in uh forty-two targets in the metro area. Um we also have all of our coffee for sale on our own website at getdowncoffee.com. Um you can also follow us on Instagram, the Get Down Coffee Co. Um so right now that's where we're selling our product, um, but we will have our cafe opening on Black Friday. That's going to be our grand opening, which we're all very excited about. And that is at 1500 North 44th Avenue, uh, right across from the North Market in North Minneapolis.
2: Can't wait. Maybe that'll become... Maybe that'll
0: become the cafe. I would love for it to be. May I'll invite closed. you
2: to the soft opening. We I, got, I would love to be
0: absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah, same here. For like sure. From where I'm at in Robbinsdale, that's honestly closer than it's between us, a, I think. Yeah, it Perfect. is. Perfect. Right between us. Perfect. Yeah. It'd be yeah, a pleasure. I'll, I'll, I'll send you guys reticent, the details.
2: I'd be reticent not to say this, CJ, but you got to get up to get down. <laughs> right? Hashtag
1: Hashtag TM. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh
0: again, uh thank you so much. If people want to know more, uh what what Instagrams should they follow for you specifically or do you just want to direct everybody? Oh yeah, for
1: me personally, I'm caffeinated CJ on all platforms. Instagram, oh, yeah. Twitter, all that shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck man. Yes. What a pleasure getting to hang out with you. you absolutely. Thanks absolutely for having missing. me. This was
2: great. So happy to finally have you on. Yeah.
0: Uh Charles, where do people go find you?
2: Uh at it came from the sea at Libations for Everyone at wants to sign at whatever <laughs> <laughs> all uh, ads. usually i don 't say shit but yeah.
0: <laughs> hey it's all good, uh obviously follow us uh libations for everyone, yes. please again, like we always say, share it with friends, uh, give a review uh it it just helps us get out to more people uh, mm-hmm. we've We've had some great success, and it's been wonderful, and we love to keep growing. So the more people that get to share it, the more people that see it from reviews, the better off we are, and and the more we can do with this.
2: Thanks for listening. Anytime you make it this far, I want to thank you. Thank you for making it this far. Thanks for listening to the program.
0: If you like pictures of food and dogs and uh, weird memes, you can follow me on Quamunist, but Mm -hmm. it's all good. Just follow the show. (laughs) That's a great handle. All right, y'all. We'll talk to you next episode. Thanks again for listening.